Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Bluehead, and welcome to episode 69 of Beer and Other Shit Podcast Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition. This evening, folks, we have a very special episode, as we always do. We never have unspecial episodes. But before we get into that, you know the vibes, sponsor time. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Dr. Nick's Amazing Man Stuff. Uh, they are a great company based out of Massachusetts who make things for humans with facial hair. They have uh, three different beard products. They do a oil, a balm, and this one here I am holding, which is a beard sanitizer or almost like a face sanitizer. Um, you know, as you probably have noticed, we don't really work with sponsors a ton. We're super picky with that type of stuff. I received these products in January. We decided to work with them in April. I use them every single day. Um, I'm super happy with them. The, the team behind them are awesome humans. The actual products themselves are super dope. They have a real craft beer ethos behind them. So all of the product from the bottles, the liquid inside, are all sourced locally in the U.S. None of it is imported from overseas or any cheaper kind of lower quality ingredients. They're all the essential oils that they use for the scents are from Hawaii, from a Reiki master who like blesses them and, and sends it over. And everything is made from real products. So these two right here that we'll talk about, they're called Shelter in Face, which is a pretty funny name. There is a blood orange and a key lime version because apparently citrus, when you uh, spray this on your face, like citrus has like a, I don't know, awakening thing happening, he was telling me. But um, this stuff is super cool. So the main reason we decided to work with them is they do this thing called Beard Beer, which is so they have an IPA and a stout one that are inspired by the IPA's main uh, main brewing's lunch um, IPA, which is called Pale, I believe, which is a classic in New England. And um, they're actually doing a Brewmaster series in collaboration with big breweries um, like uh, friggin' uh, Lawson's, um, Why Am I Having a Blank Trillium, Treehouse, Vitamin C, you know, like big names out there, which is super cool. Yeah, but these are um, super funny. And he said to me, what you do is that say you're running an errand or whatever, and you get back in your car or whatever it might be, give your uh, face with the mask on a bunch of um, sprays and it will sanitize your skin. It actually sanitizes your mask. Then you can give a few more sprays on your beard. As you massage it into your beard, it will sanitize your hands as well, which is pretty dope. Um, I've used these probably the least out of the other products. I need to like keep it with me when I'm out or something like that, I think. I just I like the idea of it all. Um, but yeah, these guys are super cool. And of course, if we're talking about a product, we've got an offer. If you hit the link, everything's in the description, but we have the code BAOS21, so BAOS21, to get 15% off the order. These things sit around 20 bucks each, just over, I think, which is pretty well-priced for something that's only American-made and all high quality local products. And if uh, you buy two of them, that'll take you over 40 bucks and that'll get you free shipping in North America. Mate, get one for yourself if you have a beard or a human with a beard that you enjoy and would like their beard to also be luxurious like this bad boy. Yeah, you've seen that, yeah. All right, so let's get to it this evening, folks. Um, we have been uh, exploring these guys' beers for a couple of years through uh, a gentleman um, who we've had on the podcast a while ago. He made sure we got some. Uh, when he was there, and uh, I always thought it was just such a cool concept. I'm not going to go into exactly what it is because we're going to talk about that a lot. But I actually have uh, finally got a chance to to hang out with these guys and, and hear the full story. And of course, I have Noah Forrest from Beerism joining me to help the interview go down. So please welcome Jonathan Amara of Brasserie La Firme. Yay! Welcome, guys. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you guys for hanging out. How you doing? Hello. Very good. 
Fantastic. It's Friday. Right, it's perfect. You guys are out of the beer garden. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, warm, uh, almost summer weather, light wind. We're hearing the frogs uh, making their noise. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you'll hear them in the background. That's sick. Frogs are amazing. Nice. Um, Noah, good to see your face again, bro. It's been a been a while. Been a minute or two. Or two, but you know, you're back in action, looking gorgeous as ever. Yeah, thank you. I need you a trim for the beard. Yeah, you know, yeah that's true. Last time I, I saw you, some of that beard oil. Oh, you probably could. You got, you got a lot. Yeah. You got a big joint there. Last time I saw you, you had the fresh lineup, the fresh like <laughs> mustache, sick, dude. shape. Up. It was lit. I enjoyed that. You'd ask for that again. So. Um, I digress. This evening, uh, guys, I'm super excited to get into the story because it's like I was saying, I didn't want to spoil the surprise. I want to keep everyone listening and watching to uh, you know, to hear about what you guys are doing. But we're going to start off cracking a beer, obviously. And we're going to start with this bad boy right here, your beer de tub. Come on, camera. Please focus. There we go. And this is a perfect beer for, uh, for a night like this. It's nice and warm. Tell us about this specific bad boy. Yeah, Bière de Table, it's a simple beer, delicate beer. So it's, uh, of course, uh, Belgian-inspired, uh, like a, a small saison. It's um, 4% uh, alcohol. Um, we, uh, despite this, uh, this small grain bill, we, uh, we strive to, uh, to give a lot of... Uh, Aromas from either from the from the grain bill itself. Uh, we do a little dry up as well, and uh, the, the mix of uh, yeast as well is uh, really present in this beer. I love it. Yeah, Cheers. out of everything Cheers. that I've uh, gotten to try from you, you know, I mean, I think I have a lot to say about some of the barrel age stuff that you put out. But out of your core lineup, this was my my favorite that you've done. I think. That low percentage of alcohol really works well with uh, with Belgian uh, like saisons and fin- or or just like beers that have that phenolic presence. It, it makes it slightly more complex. Like I'm not a big session IPA person or or those types of beers. But I works like low ABV works really well with like lagers and beers like this. And I think this is a really solid beer. I like it a lot. So uh, Greg, I know this is uh, not your uh, not your favorite. Uh uh, style the the saison and the other tab of course but um i think you tried it about a year year and a half ago um <clears throat> this version you may find that it's um a bit different a bit more um a bit more green perhaps a bit more floral or herbal if mm. i can say um maybe uh, yeah maybe maybe you'll you'll enjoy this version a bit better i can i can definitely get the floral and herbal stuff I kind of have grown to appreciate the style a little bit more. My main issue with anything that says on Grisette or Farmhouse type of thing is just the fennel. I just don't like that banana, clovey, bubble. Yeah. Thing. That's really all it is. So if that's not super present, I'm good. I'm here for it. This is this is super great. I definitely echo <laughs> Noah. Um, I actually wanted to ask as well, with a beer like this, and I probably should have asked before I did it, but I poured all of the yeast in the thing. Is the, are the, is the yeast supposed to go in the glass or are we supposed to leave that in the bottle? Ah, it's really a question of preference. Uh, it will affect taste, but uh, yeah, we, we we tend to put it uh, in the beer here, so uh, that's okay, uh, our preference. <laughs> and, and speaking of the yeast, 
I have a story about uh, the other tab. Is the, the first brew we did when we opened the brewery was uh, the other tab. Okay. And from that brew, um, uh, there's the same uh, mix of yeast in the Bia de Tab and uh, our saison. And so that's the, uh, the same yeast we harvest batch after batch. And we, we add some uh, microbes uh, along the way. But uh, we, we never ditched this, uh, this yeast. So it's uh, really an uh, evolving beer, living product. And uh, to our taste, uh, it's going on the... The good way, so we plan to uh, keep on uh, doing this uh, uh, for, for at least for the other time in the season. So, which uh, which generation uh, are we at now? Ah, good question. It's like a twenty something uh, wow. generation. Wow, of yeast. And, uh, of yeah. yeast. and it's more more batches than that because we we often split. But uh, yeah, that's and, so cool. uh, numerous uh, microbes as well. <laughs> so obviously, that would also impact the taste a little bit, as opposed to. Um, you know, the first batch the first that time. you tasted back, uh, yeah, back in the day. I think it was sure. probably 2018, maybe early 2019, if it was later. So, solid yeah, couple of years. You know ago. what? You know, perhaps it was the very first batch that mm-hmm. we brewed, actually. The, mm. you, you know, the one you guys uh, tried. Did David start? That would have been uh, when Plus brought it over. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Right okay. In the so, yeah, the very yeah. first batch, we're, mm-hmm. yeah, get, we're not yeah. quite there now <laughs> <laughs> no it's totally this this is beautiful it's got a nice little lemony citrusy vibe to it as well that mm-hmm. i'm not really initially i got more fennels and i was like well maybe that's why i asked about the yeast i was like well if i put the, the yeast in there it might sort of mellow out and i feel like there's no it's like it just is i appreciate funnily enough no introduced me to this style when we first sort of hung out do you remember no i went to vice versa and you were like we have to get the dunham be at the top this is like four years ago and I didn't really know what a Bieta yeah. Tab was. And I really appreciated it ever since then. I mean, that one was really unique, too, in that it was, uh, I think it was a blend of a few different beers. And I think they tossed in some acidic beers as well. So to yeah. kind of like just create this really low alcohol, well-balanced beer that had just like tiny bit of acidic kick in the finish. But I think that one is a pretty unique one. I loved it um, for for the, that low ABV and to, to get that kind of complexity out of it. Um, but yeah, this one has evolved for sure. Um, I, the, 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 like the phenolic profile is, it still carries that um, clove forward touch of bubble gum, but you're getting some earthiness, like almost on um, like a, like a Brett kind of component of like uh, less like far, uh, barnyard, but more like just, like dusty, like old books, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's nice. Yeah, this is really, really great, guys. The mouthfeel is phenomenal. The head is great, nice, but pillowy kind of foam. Um, I really, I really like this. I appreciate it more. I'm, it's funny that you noticed that, Mara. But yes, I, I, I really appreciate this specific. If I had to choose even out of the those styles, I appreciate these by far the most. And it couldn't be more perfect for tonight. It's super refreshing. It's nice and light. You can you can drink them all night. It's uh, really well done, guys. I love it. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's a perfect drink for you know to start your cinq cassette, uh, you know, like a little yeah. apéro type of drink. Uh, or it's also the perfect drink if you go to a sugar shack and you're eating all this very heavy food, you know, very sugary food. This will just clean your palate and help you continue <laughs> eating all that sugar and fat. All that carb. All those carbs. I love it. 
Um, no, this is great, dude. So let's let's get into your story because I feel like this is really where you know, like like I've sort of been alluding to people who aren't familiar with what you do. Um, definitely want to want to hear about how you both got into craft beer and how that led to the to the brewery. And I guess as we get into that, you can explain sort of your approach. And real quick, Daniel is in the building. He just commented in Vancouver. He's checking in with the crispy boy. What's going on, bro? Um, yeah, tell us how did you both get into beer, and I, I you know, how, how did this all come together? Yeah, I'll start first, uh, and then uh, Jonathan can continue. So, you know, I got into craft beer. Um, well, I I kind of enjoyed beer before meeting uh, Jonathan, but uh, definitely got more into it when I when I met him. Uh, never thought we, uh, you know, I would ever own a brewery, um, let alone a farm, for that matter. <laughs> I'm a city girl. Um, I'm a lawyer. I have nothing to do with the beer business, really, per se. Um, but, um, yeah, I met Jonathan, and uh, and, and uh, after we got married, um, he hit the, the, four, the 4-0, the big 4-0, and, uh, I don't know, got, uh, got a bit of a midlife crisis and uh, wanted to change a bit uh, his, um, uh, his professional uh, life. And so, um, so yeah, that's how we started uh, thinking about the project. Uh, we visited some uh, some um, uh, some wineries. Uh, we visited some um, hop uh, farms as well. Uh, you know, in Europe and South America, and also in Quebec, of course. And um, and yeah, uh, we we figured that uh, if. Uh, you know, if we were going to start a brewery, it, it, it needed to be a bit different. Um, as you obviously know, there are so many breweries already in Quebec. Uh, we didn't want to be just, you know, one more. Um, and so, yeah, the farming, uh, the farming aspect uh, came naturally to us. We, you know, we visited some, you know, really nice estates. And so I thought, hmm, you know, maybe you could have uh, that as well. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, Jonathan had been brewing for ages before, you know, obviously before we started that and, um, and he, we figured he could, uh, he can make a living out of it. And, uh, now we're the both of us uh, trying to make a living out of it. So your thoughts, yeah. Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, th- that's it. And, uh, yeah, on my side, uh, I started to, uh, to drink, uh, craft beer in the 90s uh, and at that time it was like Niveau uh, Boreal it was uh, really at the, at the beginning in Quebec uh, and I'm brewing uh, for now more than uh, 15 years yes. uh, I, I was amateur before uh, so it was home brewing uh, until we uh, we started this project uh, Maybe you want to tell of, us uh, about your first brew and how that uh, that came about? Uh, it was not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it started, it was, uh, that's a complete, uh, like, hazard. Um, we, uh, I, I had a friend, which uh, his parent has uh, you know, stuff to to make wine. Like, uh, they, they were putting everything outside and uh, putting that to garbage. And my friend called me, said, hey, you have a house, can you put that in your basement? My only condition is that, okay, but we need to do something with it. So we went to, uh, to the shop to buy some wine-making uh, ingredients. 
and oh, we can make beer as well. So in the shop, we decided to make beer inside of, instead of wine. And uh, we made our first batch, which was horrible. And uh, <laughs> we, we didn't know what we were doing at that time. <laughs> but uh, from, from that time on, I, I kept to be obsessed with it and try to improve, buy books, uh, learn online and uh, make many tests. And that's, that's how it started. So that was uh, uh, hobby, uh, almost an obsession at the same time. And, uh, but, but the brewery, it's, it's the dream of every home brewer to have uh, his brewery, but I was not pursuing that uh, in a serious way. But like Mara said, we, we uh, visited some estates and we said, okay, that's the this return to earth thing where we, we grow our own stuff and then we make the beer with it. That's uh, something different, something that uh, allow us to 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 keep be grounded and uh, make our own product from the grain to the glass. And that was uh, basically uh, something really interesting with uh, interesting uh, and being also naive of uh, <laughs> Very <naive. laughs> all the work that is behind <laughs> farming and uh, operating a brewery at the same time and the beer garden and everything. But uh, we, we would do it again, but, Man, that's a lot of work. It all looks very good when you're a tourist and visiting and uh, tasting, of course. And um, yeah, not 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 exactly knowing uh, or, or even imagining the amount of work it is. So yeah, we just uh, went uh, head first. Uh, today, I don't know if I would do it again. <laughs> but, you know, four, four years down the road, you know, I can now say that uh, it's, 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 it's getting better. It's getting a little bit more under control and uh, a little bit more enjoyable. But, uh, God, yeah, that was, uh, that was hectic. Oh, gosh. I mean, sometimes a little bit under control is all you can ask for, I guess. That's a... Um... <laughs> That, that's such a, a huge thing to kind of dive in on. So, I mean, like, neither of you had farming experience. Like, neither of you, like, knew what you were doing. You're like, let's get a farm and a brewery. I mean, the they, look, they look like farmers. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> you could never tell you're a No, we, we had basically no experience. I had a grandfather, which was a farmer. So when I was young, I saw some things. It was but, in his uh, blood. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably, yes. <laughs> Not in mine, I can tell yeah. you. So, And just for fun, we, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we went to uh, help uh, for the harvest uh, in an uh, up farm in uh, Danam. And that, that's where we, we learn about ups and uh was also a bit of the starting of the project and uh, we, we just felt that uh, it would be great to do it and then we said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you felt when you decided to do it and, and the farming thing, like what came first? Did you, or did you set like everything, like, did you have to figure out growing? I imagine there was a, because you're growing the ingredients and then processing them and then using them for beer, you probably would have to start with whatever it's called, where you do the stuff to the land so you can dig stuff and plant things and whatever. And then when that's growing or whatever, then you can build the brewery because you need time for the stuff to grow. Like how, what, what did that look like? Because that's pretty fascinating that you guys just threw it all down. So we started, by, um, uh, you know, driving around looking for a land 
That was back in uh, 2016. Uh, it took us uh, quite a few months, uh, four or five months before we um, before we decided uh, on, on on the land we wanted to buy. So we bought a um, we purchased a 105 acres uh, piece of land. Uh, so that was at the January 2017. And so yes, as you said, you know, step number one was to um, was to work um, work the land and prepare. The, um, uh, you know the hop farm. So we have today we have one acre of, uh, of hops. Um, as you probably know, uh, that requires uh, quite some work. Uh, so we planted about sixty poles. Uh, you know, twenty-four, no, twenty-two uh, feet poles. Yeah. Anyways, like you know, super Indeed. long poles that you yeah. have to plant to build up a trellis. Um, just to, to uh, people know up in the beer, but the, the plant itself need to grow uh, going up in oh, the air. Okay. Yes, and yeah, the up goes up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the um, it's uh, the, the standard is about eighteen feet, so that's eighteen feet of height. So that's why we need to set up uh, wood poles with uh, a big structure of. Uh, um, metal wires to uh, to have all the ropes that uh, the, the hop will climb to. That's quite of a you know the strings, structure to pull. Yeah, the strings yeah. on which uh, the hops will curl around and, and and go you know go up all the way up. So yeah, so, so that was fast. the first step. Okay. Yeah, that was the first step step in uh, in, in, in spring slash summer 2017. We okay. planted. Uh, about 700 uh, plants, uh, hop plants, uh, in uh, end of June, early July. So that was 2016. Obviously, you know, we had no harvest uh, to, to, you know, to speak of, except for maybe five or six little cones, <laughs> cascade cones right. uh, that we, you know, were like so very happy to see. And uh, so, yeah, we just dropped them in a, <laughs> in a glass of beer just for... <laughs> Just for the fun of it, because um, we were proud of having five or six cones. Um, so, so yeah, that was uh, 2016, um, and so the first, uh, you know, somewhat decent harvest came in 2017, uh, the following year. 18. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm mixed up. It's been a while now. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Which, which is. Quite soon because um, uh, up plant requires about three years to uh, become mature mm. and give uh, a good uh, production. A good yield. Yeah. yeah, a good yield. But starting from year two, uh, we already harvest. Yeah, we harvested and you know, a decent, uh, you know, a decent uh, quantity, a decent yield. And obviously, you know, the following year it was better and. Uh, and, and we're down to this year, yeah, 18, 19, 20. No, this is uh, no, this year. is going to be yeah the fourth year. Yeah. So oh, we're thanks. expecting, uh, you know, Maybe. if all goes well, of course, you know, crossing our fingers, um, if all goes well. Uh, yes, so far so good. Uh, we had a good, uh, you know, good spring, good weather, and uh, we have plenty of sun now with some rain. So hops need a lot of water, uh, but. But they don't want to be drenched in, in, in water, the, you know, the roots. 
they they drink up a lot, but they don't want to be drenched in uh, in water. So so far, um, yeah, so far so far so good. So that was step number one, uh, the hops. Then we moved on to building building the brewery. Um, you know, there was absolutely nothing on the land uh, ex- except for grass. And so step number two was to actually build the brewery. So how many square square feet? Uh, tricky question. Around uh, four thousand. Okay. So yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a decent size uh, brewery. Um, so that took us about two years to you know fr- from from when we started building until with all the equipment. Yeah, and with all the equipment and yes. uh, more than two years. Wow. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. That, that's where I left my job at the moment because uh, from the start, uh, establishing the up yard, uh, beginning of construction, we were both working full time in our previous job, and uh, then I made this first. Uh, yeah, and I followed uh, last uh, last summer. Okay, that was my as you were describing it. My first thought was like, "What do you do?" Like because that that that's a little bit more of a. Uh, a waiting period than the average brewery who's just, you know, bought an existing building and just has to fit it out. Usually takes six to 12 months or something. Um, that makes a lot of sense. You would have had to stay at your job and therefore it probably took a little longer to really put the stuff together. You work your weekends and maybe taking days off mm-hmm. and vacation days here and there. Okay. That's, that's commendable. Guys. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So then <laughs> Hopyard Brewery and then, what was the next thing there? I imagine there were there are a bunch of other like. Are you doing actual like wheat and rye and but like mm-hmm. yeah the whole? Can you talk about that because that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So we have in the mm-hmm. our one hundred acre uh, farm we have forty acres, uh, which used to be um, like uh, prairie, uh, like uh, uh, pasture, pasture. Yeah, so uh, that we had. To convert to make uh, suitable to uh, to grow sterols. So uh, now we have uh, the first twenty acres converted. Uh, so this year we uh, we chose uh, well. If I start from the beginning, first year we try ourselves at the barley. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was two years ago. That was in two thousand nineteen. Eighteen. Eighteen. Eighteen, I believe. And. Um, Barley is uh, is tricky. That's the most uh, difficult one to uh, to to grow, and okay. not to grow, but the quality of barley you need uh, need to be super to uh, be able to uh, to mold. So uh, because you you need to mold the cereal afterwards, and um, also we uh, our our farm is um, organic. Uh, organic. So uh, we don't use uh, pesticide on the. There's no Roundup. There's no. No nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> so we start from a, a pasture with a lot of uh, bad weeds and all kind of stuff. So we plow this, and then we we try our suffered barley the first year. Um, <clears throat> we, we try to be early because this is what we we have to do. But uh, there was a freeze, so uh, everything froze and uh, died. That was so a disaster. Uh, yeah. So we planted again, and then. It was awfully wet during one month, and no fungicide, no nothing. So uh, we had fungal disease on the um, on the barley. 
So uh, during summer, the, the weed was higher than the barley itself. So, <laughs> wow. So the, that, that was the reality check of being a farmer the, the first time you tried to grow barley. <laughs> so, so, so we decided to mow everything and then uh, use this year as a uh, like green manure. Uh, put everything back to the land. And uh, then we, we uh, tried ourselves with uh, um, winter rye. Okay. And there's spring, spring cereals and winter cereals. Uh, the difference is the, when you, uh, you put the cereal in the ground. So spring cereal, like barley, you, uh, you do this at springtime and you harvest uh, the following summer. Uh, like with the um, winter rye, we, uh, we planted in September. So after the regular harvest, the, um, the rye starts to grow maybe uh, two, three inches out of uh, the earth. Winters come, and then everything comes to uh, out. And then the following spring, you don't have to do anything. The cereal grows back again. So the, the advantage is that um, this growing period starts very early, as soon as it's uh, hot enough and there's no snow. And you beat all the wheat because it starts to grow uh, early. So that's good for that. But also, why we, uh, we did rye, it's because there's, um, call it uh, allelopatic in French, similar in English, but complicated word to say that the, the roots of the plant um, emit some toxins that will uh, kill or inhibit the other uh, plants around to grow. So to, to clean out the field and get rid of the, the weed, that's a very good uh, choice. So uh, we had a uh, good success with this one. So we had a decent yield, excellent quality. So uh, give us some, uh, some confidence that we, we could be good farmers. So uh, encouraging uh, experience. And uh, now what we have in the field at the moment, it's um, winter wheat. So we, we, we had now rye, we had rye enough for uh, three years. So we, <laughs> we had a good harvest. So we <laughs> that. And then now we're making a stock uh, of uh, wheat. So we had a winter wheat that is uh, looking really good. So uh, we're really excited about that. I think uh, we're going to have uh, our best harvest so far. And then uh, next year, we will go back to the try it again. infamous uh-huh. barley and uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that's the, the barley is the, the the cereal we use the most. So it's we, the main cereal in yeah. you know in most of the beers. So. We need to succeed that barley. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys um, malting your own barley, or are you do you outsource that? No, we outsource that. So, uh, like our rye, it's uh, Inomad uh, in Chabrol that uh, did the, the malting process. Uh, they're excellent at what they do. So uh, and and. Malting operation is as complex as a brewery, so uh, I would imagine. Yeah, we have the highest admiration for any farm brewery that malts its own grains. I mean, I that there's there's no way for ever, I think, to do that. <laughs> I don't say never, but not tomorrow. <laughs> but it's good to understand, like you know, staying within a certain wheelhouse, right? Like, because if you like, I get the the temptation to want to to do everything, right? Because then that's the truest farm to table, whatever. But at sure. the same time, I imagine 
the challenges involved in doing that correctly or, or well enough that it would even be very good, you know, it would take years and years and years. So it only makes sense that you kind of have to pick and choose, you know, what you're, you're yeah. going to do. Um, ultimately is your end goal that you want to use all your grains only, or do you, do you think you'll always be bringing in specialty malts and different things and, and, and hops from like New Zealand and shit, obviously I, I don't know. Or, or is it like, you know, 10 years down the line, you want your beers to be a hundred percent grown on your site. The hundred percent target is, uh, it's not impossible, but the, the last percent are really uh, difficult to reach because um, like the specialty malts, uh, there's some uh, micro maltaries in Quebec that uh, does some, but uh, we don't have access to uh, anything, to, to everything. So um, like dark malts, uh, stuff like this, uh, we, we, we still uh, buy from uh, elsewhere. Uh, but all the base malt, uh, most of the hops, uh, so so we strive for majority of the ingredients and some beers will, uh, will be, uh, we already have some beers that we made, uh, no, not, not, not true, but almost 100%, but we'll have some 100% beer uh, from our land, but it's, it will be very difficult to uh, do that across the board. Yeah, very difficult also because, uh, well, you know, right now, as I said earlier, we only have one acre of uh, one acre of, um, yeah. uh, of hops, um, you know, of uh, the hop yard. Uh, we do want to expand that and uh, not only to have more quantity, but also have uh, different varieties. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, none of our beers are made with uh, New Zealand hops or uh, West Coast hops. We, we only use hops that... Um, that uh, that we grow on our own farm, uh, well, varieties that we grow here, or varieties that uh, that we could grow. Um, and so, when we expand the uh, the hop yard, you know, we, we want to add uh, two or three uh, more acres, uh, and, you know, in the hop yard. And so, when we you know when we decide which which hops, uh, which varieties to plant. Uh, well, we've worked already with a few, and, and you know, in our beers, and so we already have a you know a good a good idea of what grows here and uh, what um, what we have access to. Because um, I mean, yes, West Coast hops, you know, they they, they smell amazing, they, they they taste unbelievable, but uh, one, they don't grow well here, and two, if it's not one. Uh, we just don't have access to that because they're, you know, they're patented uh, hops, so it's, it's not for sale. And uh, and so no, we don't, we don't, we don't work with that. We don't, we don't purchase any of that because the, the you know, the idea um, at the very base is to uh, have, you know, some sort of a terroir beer, so beer right. uh, that is made with ingredients that either come from our farm or uh, are sourced uh, locally. Or at the very least in Quebec, um, if not uh, eastern uh, Eastern Ontario, uh, some hops uh, come from Eastern Ontario. But I don't, I don't know. But you know, it's close enough to me. But uh, yeah, that's right. the idea: It's to have uh, wild beers, beers that taste, you know, whatever um, whatever the land in the Eastern Townships, uh, you know, tastes basically. 
Yeah. When we started, uh, the goal was to have uh, local Quebec ingredients and uh, everything organic. Mm-hmm. So we didn't realize it was impossible when we started because there's some organic product, but not that much or not in uh, sufficient quantities. So now we have some beer that are 100% organic. In that case, we have uh, some Canadian malt because we don't have everything here uh, in Quebec. Or we have 100% local beer, but not always organic. So uh, we, we had to make trade off <clears throat> start with, but it's developing. I, I'm confident that someday we uh, we can achieve that. But we need to be part of it and, local and push organic. on it and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. encourage that. So. No, let's do it. Should we open the uh, next beer? Yeah, let's do it. The, yeah, my guess was the IPA, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I could rest um, Tell us about this one. Keep talking. I'm going to go grab it. Keep okay. talking. Yeah, go for yeah. it. <laughs> so, IP, uh, very sick. It's, um, we, we do uh, two IPAs. Uh, one is only seasonal, but this is our uh, flagship IPA, I would say. So it's, uh, it's not a New England, but uh, you get some haze, get some uh, fruity flavor, uh, a bit more uh, risen that we would, do, uh, would normally get in a New England style. It's, uh, we call it, um, well, the name, IPA Rustic. So, um, it's a rustic IPA? Rustic, but we, we made a, a mistake with that name. The beginning, <laughs> because being a farmhouse and the term rustic is yeah, kind of redundant. Brett, right? uh, no, redundant, but more associated with uh, funk. Oh, yeah, and uh, like uh, bread and so on. So people, without having tasted the product, uh, imagined that it would be a funky IPA. But that was yeah. not the intent. It's rustic because the ops are rustic. It's from our a farm. It's a variety that uh, grows here. So that was the uh, the intent behind. So you know, initially uh, the first uh, I don't know how many batches, all hops that we use for the the, the IPA of a sick were all hops from uh, from our hop uh, our hop farm, the hop yard. Um, so now mm-hmm. a little less because we've uh, literally used. Uh, all of the hops that we harvested <laughs> from the years back, so so there's still some from uh, from from the farm, but we also have to purchase uh, some have of to the varieties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we do the same variety from other farm, but we we have to blend. Uh, and in this uh, in the rustic, uh, the hops are uh, you have Cascade, Ginook, and uh, Racao. Okay. Which is uh, something New Zealand, but it's it's growing. We can grow it here, uh, and it grows very well. well yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, is this so the the beer before we did this? I checked if I'd had them before because I do my little selfie review. <laughs> is this version that we're about to drink? Is this the same as the one I would have had? No, and I probably would have had the same batch from a couple of years back. Thank you. Or is it kind of like the a recipe uh, evolved a bit? And okay. that, that's something our beers are always moving because yeah, it's uh, good for all beers, really. Yeah, yeah, beers. we 
we're always in the search of what can we do to just improve a bit. And uh, so we, uh, it's micro adjustment. But if if uh, there's a few batch since uh, you, you tasted it last time and we brew it often, so you you might find um, a shift uh, in the beer, uh, especially it- with the, the first batch. Totally. Yeah, this this looks completely different to what, what I recall. It looks amazing. This head, whatever you're doing with these heads, they're insane. I love it when they're like this. It's like little meringue pillow things. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. Mm-hmm. I, um, cheers. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember the, the first batch I had of this, which I enjoyed. Wow. Um, but it's just taking on another level, I think. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a fun, like... It's really earthy, like super. The the hops have this grassiness. Um, you can definitely get that. Like I don't know if it's the racao that gives it the the juicier components or whatever, but it also has this like earthy, grassy, almost like rustic feel. Not in the wild yeast <laughs> funk, but rustic in um, I don't know, a more like grassy kind of earthy mm-hmm. tone. Yeah, a bit citrusy, I find. Yeah, definitely. Great buddy, mouthfeel is exceptional. Is um yeah, well that uh, that has definitely um, improved. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think we can say. Yeah. Um, again, you know the micro adjustments uh, from mm-hmm. batch to batch. Uh, you know, we, we, and you know it's very difficult to. Well, it's it's it's, it's not difficult. It's it's literally impossible to have the exact same. Uh, batch, uh, you know, brew after brew, simply because uh, obviously you're not going to use the exact same hops. You know, you will change uh, from you know from year to year, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 you know with with the dry hop that you do and the amount of hops that well you know that we put. Uh, you know, some like to call it uh, double uh, double dry hop, triple, you know. EDH, uh, TDH. We don't call it anything, but the reality is that there's a you know a shitload of hops in, in this beer. Yeah. Um, and you, you know the dry hop is 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 something that um, we understand better, but by no means do yeah. we claim to master uh, the process. There, there's so many things that interact uh, on a what we uh, what we do different is that all of our hop that we uh, we grow ourselves. Uh, we don't uh, oh, do pellets. We, we work with the whole uh, flower, okay. which okay. is uh, it's not oh, really yeah. often nowadays. Uh, so so you don't get that uh, the hot uh, burn, bite or burn. Uh, the you know the yeah. grassiness, mm-hmm. the, the 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 green, the green that yeah. that, that exactly. you normally find yeah, yeah. in IPA. Mm-hmm. So there's some pellets from the up we buy, but everything we grow here. It's uh, whole cones, and the, the contact surface is not the same. Uh, extraction is not the same. Um, so it gives the beer that is different as well. So we we, we learn how to work with this uh, with our equipment as well because uh, there's all kind of complications in the brewing when you yeah. work with uh, this kind of product and it doesn't go through valve uh, pumps and everything. So uh, we. Uh, <laughs> We have to scratch our heads sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, 
I imagine that's probably like I guess if that's what's giving it that earthiness that Noah was talking about because it's really it's like got the body of a typical New England IPA with a touch of the juiciness like also you were saying Noah from the Raquel most likely but then there's that sort of super unique that earthiness of it yeah. with, without the greenness as well Mara you mentioned that probably is all coming from that whole cone of hop this is giving it a whole other super unique profile that is it's got that super dustiness about it which I quite like. I really like that drying because, I don't know, overly sweet IPAs, uh, it's a little much. So this makes you want to come back and have another sip. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah, that's that, like that a certain... Good. Go ahead, Mara. <laughs> One of those sides. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, you know, that that's the intent with this beer, for sure. Uh, but uh, in general, with all our beers, you know, we want to make them balanced. Uh, we want to be able to taste, uh, you know, all the different components that you would normally find in a beer and not have one ingredient uh, supersede everything else and just have this, you know, one, one aspect type of beer. Um, you know, we don't want sweet beer, like heavy beers. We want to be able to open a, you know, open a bottle and, and, and finish it and not, and not feel after, you know, a few sips that, okay, I'm saturated. It's, it's, you know, it's good. The first sip, it's good. The second sip, third sip, still not so bad, but then, you know, you're saturated with the, some IPAs. That's not what we want to do uh, at all. We want to, we want them to be, um, what's the, what's the word? Um, Crushable, Dry. drinkable. Yeah. You no, know, just you know, something that you drink very easily um, and 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 enjoy until the very end of the bottle. Yeah, and honestly, um, I think you kind of described what you're doing perfectly because that's what I've noticed when trying your beers, um, especially the beers uh, that you've released that usually are often on the the far richer side. Um, I found those impressively uh, drinkable, like you were saying, um, even though traditionally they might not be. Or at least the, the profile that you get off of it is often associated to something richer and sweeter. So you, mm-hmm. you guys did a barrel-aged, um, was it an old ale? It wasn't a barley wine. It was an old ale, right? Uh, an English ale, yeah. English old ale, yeah. English old ale, yeah, and so that that beer was, um, it had it had the the nose and the the flavor profile of a lot of bourbon barrel aged barley wines that I love and adore, but without the the extreme richness and like the twelve percent and the, the the residual sugars, which I do love, but like you said, your 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 palate gets kind of destroyed pretty quickly. Um, and it's a slow <laughs> sipper or whatever, but when I had yours, it, the bourbon presence was, was really impressive and the, the, the rich caramel was there, but the, it, was a, the it was a far more drinkable beer. Yeah. It was just a far more drinkable beer in a way that was good. Cause sometimes I feel like you, you're like, Oh, I wish this is nice, but I wish it was heavier mm. because it's like lacking mm. that thing. But that, that beer wasn't. And I, and the Porter, um, which was Porteuse. yeah yeah that was a really interesting beer that beer was one of the more unique things i've had in a while because you it was almost like a red wine it was so tannic and dry 
um, an oaky, but without any sugar. It, I was, I sat with that beer for longer than usual. I don't know why, because at first I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I couldn't decide yeah, at the beginning. And then, ha- and then halfway through, I was like, this I might just be brilliant. Like, I, I don't, I, I think I just kind of fell for it. I and mean, at the beginning, I was yeah. like, this is good, but it's, it's almost too tannic, too dry. It's kind of, but then it just, it just worked. It was like, it, it, when, once I was able to like shift my mindset that it would like treat this like a, a red wine and not a rich porter, it kind of mm-hmm. just made sense work for me. So good job. With I that perfectly, <laughs> uh, I'm with you because the, I had the same reaction when I, this is the first time. And uh, I was like, okay, it's interesting. It's a bit acidic. It's uh, quite dry for that style. And uh, yeah. and uh, the first time we, we tasted it, it was before we had the, the black current. So, okay. uh, and it, it was lacking something. So, oh, let's, let's go with the black current. And it, it really improved that beer. And But it's the kind of beer that grows on you because uh, you don't know exactly what to expect. And yeah. if you expect, like, uh, no pastry style, that's pastry. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not at all. Positive. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, quite interesting. But yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure at the first uh glass, but now that, that I have at my stash, and sometimes I crack one open and it's it grows on you, really. It's, it's yeah, uh, it was it's a really something that one, and I'm, I'm and, and in the current component. I found really an interesting choice too, because I wouldn't have thought like fruits and, and stouts work. Um, it depends on what, but there was something uh, like you couldn't have put that much, I assume, right? Like you didn't blast that with currants. Like it must have it's just been like, no, no. it just has like a hint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not too yeah. acidic either. It was just, it was just a, another level of dryness. I'll yeah, you know, it, you know, it was really to it was really to balance out the beer because, um, as as Jonathan said, you know, before putting the, uh, you know, before putting the fruit, it was was just so dry and so like ashy type of you know type mm-hmm. of taste. Yeah. I was like, hey, no, no, this cool. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> um, but you know, do, do we do we drain it or uh, or do we think that we can? actually do something good, you know, by adding something else. And that's how, that's how you, well, yeah, you came up with the idea of, um, of the fruit. So we tried it and, um, and yeah, it was, um, it was just surprising, uh, afterwards. And again, at first I was like, ah, still, you know, it's still something difficult to, to, to drink and appreciate easily. Uh, but yeah, after two sips, three sips, like, you know, it grows and you're like, yeah, this is this is obviously very different, um, but good. You know, like a good difference. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we always have that battle. Like, ah, do, you know, do we put it on the market or not? Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the tougher one. But, uh, <laughs> That's good though. Yeah, you need yeah, the balance. If I ask this, yes, then it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. You need uh, someone in the, you know. You gotta have two people, and someone has to be the tough one. That's my girlfriend too. So well, actually, you know, we have a whole team, and oh, yeah. you know, we're, yeah. we're you well, know, we're uh, lucky to have you know, have like a fantastic team of uh, um, of, of, of colleagues uh, that are all like super, super well 
versed in you know beer, beer tasting, and and then obviously uh, mm-hmm. brewing. Um, so yeah, it's 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 always you know a team a team decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, uh, it's yeah. part of the fun. Uh, more and more involved in new cities, and uh, we do the the test together. So uh, oh, we are. We we have uh, good uh, good people around us, and that's part of good people that like farming. May, uh, may yeah. I add? <laughs> Very <laughs> <So> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do need to go out in the field as well with us. <laughs> you gotta get your hands dirty, right? Beer is not a clean <laughs> oh, yeah. business. I was going to ask them because you made a point. You guys were just talking about how you know the beers are not you know is it is it too different or you know. And it seems like that might come up a lot. And in the beers that I've had from you guys, I've, I have found that they, different is a great word to describe it, but different in, in the most positive way. Like the Porta Melilo, which was, I think is like a, a flower, I believe, um, that you added to that. That was one of my favorite ones, I think, from, from the first batch of stuff. It was exceptional. I love Porters, but that just gave it this whole other vibe. And I feel like even in this 53 minutes we've been talking, um, I'm starting to even see a bit more of a theme here that there's this element of difference that you're bringing to all of your products. But like, and I, and I feel like that was that the intention from the beginning was to be like, Hey, let's just like put a little twist on everything. I mean, I'm sure like there's a straight up yet top that was, you know, classic your own yeast. So it's still really kind of got the twist on it. You know, the IPA as well as, is a twist. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's not a twist, but, I think most of the, I mean, there was a straight up porter too, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, do you want to maybe speak a bit to that? Like, you know, that approach to wanting to do something a little bit just, you know, on the other side that, you know, might, might surprise people. Yeah. Uh, we work a bit more like um, a chef. So we, uh, instead of saying, okay, let's do a German beer, a Belgian beer, or whatever, um, we start from the ingredients, either what we grow or if there's a cool farm uh, neighbor uh, which has the, something, uh, some ingredient we can pick, then we start from the ingredient and then we, uh, we draft the recipe around. So doing so, we can be inspired with a style like the, the, the Mililo, we, we start with the, this, uh, this flower, it's okay. So it's used uh, in pastry. Um, it's like vanilla, okay, vanilla and chocolate. Oh, why not do a porter? And then, then we 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 can't think of an English porter and associate that with the milieu. But it, it's it starts with the ingredient, and then we pick the style of beer rather than deciding on the style of beer we will do, and then adding the twist. So that, that that's. Approach maybe, which is uh, with a different approach, we can uh, get uh, different results. So it's um, it's fun also because it's always challenging. So we uh, we pick uh, some uh, some like like we did um, collab uh, lately with uh, Canton Brass in Orfer, mm-hmm. and we had the the meeting to to think about the beer. And they, they do a lot of sours and stuff like that. So, okay, let's do a sour. And uh, we're a farm, so saison, so saison sour. And then we we add some uh, things. Um, GS, uh, our brewer, uh, last summer picked some um, um, melaise. 
Melas and armoires. I, I, yeah. yeah, I didn't look. So uh, I didn't look up those uh, words in English. <laughs> but uh, so, so you know, Melas, uh, Melas is a pine tree. Uh, well, it's okay. not a pine tree, but uh, uh, so, similar to like yeah. so you, you like need spruce kind of flavor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, with the, the needles and everything. So we harvested that. Um, and then we uh, we add these ingredients. I uh, said, so, okay, and we incorporate that in the beer. Oh, cool, let's put some Chinook with that because uh, both are piney, citrusy, so it should match uh, together. So we, 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 we build a recipe around these uh, special ingredients. So that, that's an example of uh, how we uh, work out uh, yeah, and you know we're always on the lookout for new new ingredients, new um, um, you know obviously from from Quebec, um, obviously as local as possible. But uh, we were looking at um, Labrador tea uh, that that has you know a super interesting taste. Uh, it's 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 you know from Quebec, and so haven't done anything with that yet. But uh, it, it's you know, it's one of those ingredients that are out there that are not uh, very common in, 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 well, in general and certainly not in beer. And so, so yes, we're always trying to, you know, find something that is uh, different, uh, new, perhaps, um, something that is um, not used uh, so much, uh, either in beer or just in general. And, uh, and, and yeah, as Jonathan said, we, you know, we don't, we obviously don't follow recipes. We you have those ingredients, you know, whatever is available at that particular time that, you know, that particular year. And, um, yeah, and, and we, we make the recipe around it and, uh, that's how we, that's how we create the beers. And again, you know, using all the ideas from, you know, all the team members, um, you know, they, they're, they're all brewers at home. So they all have ideas they'll have uh, well their preferences as well so we, we yeah we can always come up with something creative something uh different we like to think um for sure that's great do you grow a lot of the like you know did the, like the millilo for example was that from the farm like do you start with a whole bunch of just cool stuff that you have on the farm then you're like all right let's pick that let's run with that or how, how do you or is it all just sort of you just buy it from us? No, we, we don't grow them uh, yet. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of ideas to, to have also fruits and uh, these kind of uh, plants. But uh, either we, we harvest, uh, like we go and um, we did that with... Uh, um, Christmas tree. Sapin <laughs> Beaumier. So, so we, we go at a place and either we harvest it or mm-hmm. we, we work with people that harvest uh, on, on various land. Oh, like to, foragers? Uh, and we purchase from them. Foragers, exactly. So okay. we work with foragers that okay. uh, can uh, do that for us. That's great. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's how we pick it. But, yeah, well, on the farm right now, it's mostly ops and uh, cereals. But uh, we have plan for. Uh, yeah, but the reality coming. also is, uh, you know, just like malting, we we cannot do everything. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily be good, uh, or you know, we wouldn't excel at everything. 
and there's only 24 hours in a day and only 365 days in a year. And so, so yes, you know, at one point we have to pick our battles uh, and, and, and choose, you know, what it is that, you know, we want to invest our time and our energy in and, and, and then work with, um, you know, neighbors, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. down, down our, our street, there's a, you know, this, this, this girl that has, uh, you know, all, all kinds of uh, raspberries, uh, organic raspberries. So, you know, every every year we, um, you know, whatever she doesn't sell uh, on, on her own, we just buy everything else. And, uh, you know, it goes into the porter that we will taste later or it goes into another beer. Um, the, the, the Haskat berries that we use in our Sur Camerise, uh, they are from uh, Saint-Cécile-de-Milton. So again, you know, like 15 minutes uh, drive from here. Uh, and, and, you know, that Manuel, the, the, the farmer, he has like a whole farm of Haskat berries, you know, all kinds of varieties as well. So we, you know, we go, we, we you know, talk with them, with the farmer, uh, we, we you know, we want to understand how he works. Obviously, you know, if they're not organic, at least they don't use any uh, chemicals or, uh, or any, you know, pesticides or anything like that. And um, we like to play with the vari- uh, with the varieties as well, of, you know, the different fruits. Uh, you know, there's like a gazillion Haskat berry varieties. Um, wow. We like to play with that. And, 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 and so, again, you know, you, you might not necessarily remember the taste from the previous bottle you had, you know, a few weeks back, but, you know, there's always like a little, um, yeah, a little, a little subtle change uh, in it. And so he does that wonderfully. There's no way that we would have the time uh, and, or, you know, the ability necessarily to, to you know, to, to cultivate, to, to grow the fruit. So, so yeah, that's, uh, at the end of the day, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, grains and hops is already a lot. We do want to have a, a you know a, a bit more ingredients, but there's just so much we can do. <laughs> Perhaps with uh, some partner, we have a big land, we have a lot of mm-hmm. space, so uh, like maybe some different uh, way of thinking that we can put forward and. Uh, yeah, maybe like renting out uh, for, or lending, or, you know, like a piece mm-hmm. of land for someone that wants to, yeah, that yeah, wants to, to grow, to grow uh, and, yeah. different fruits. And, and, and you know, we, we buy everything, uh, you know, in advance. So there's no risk for the guy, the girl, you know, that wants to come and, and, and work here. And, and it's, it's great for us because it comes from our land, but we're not the ones uh, putting in the, the, the hours we don't have. <laughs> so. Yeah. I didn't really think yeah, about that. Yeah, we already do, do something like that. We have um, uh, bees on the land, so uh, and that's a that's a friend yeah, of mine. Yeah, we have beehives. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah true. we have uh, like twenty four beehives, and uh, it's a friend of mine. It's uh, his hives, and uh, and the deal is uh, you you put as much as you want, and uh, we buy the honey. In the end, so he does the extraction and everything, keeps uh, care of the um, of the bees, uh, so we don't have to. He does to all the a, work, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, and and we buy uh, everything and we put that uh, in our beers. So, uh, and that's the kind of model we can think of in the future with uh, with uh, other uh, people other that could get involved. Maybe. Yeah, yep. yeah. Have you used any of the honey any beers that you've made yet? 
or is it still a work in progress? Uh, both. <laughs> we have oh. uh, we used it in uh, our uh, Super Saison Camrys. So, okay. which is uh, yeah. yeah, so Super Saison that's a 9.5% uh, alcohol uh, Saison. So, and we it's boosted obviously with uh, some of the, the honey to give the this high uh, alcohol. And, and uh, in this one, we used uh, the same ASCAP that we, uh, we put in the Surcamerys, and we do a second pass on the Super Saison. So um, we get some of the, the ASCAP um, uh, flavors, but it's more in the tannins. Uh, it's, it's different. It's more subtle it's, uh, as opposed to the sour, uh, you know, the sour Camerys, uh, but it's still there. Uh, you know, there's... Um, after you do a first pass on, on, on fruits, you know, there's still flavor, there's still stuff to go get from, from the fruit. So we try to waste uh, as, as little as possible. And, and, and so that's, uh, you know, that's one yeah. way for us to. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a, a pretty strong beer with a lot of mm-hmm. flavor. So the, the honey uh, is a bit um, hidden in that beer. So we have uh, other um, recipe uh, in mind that we, we want to try to, to um, put the spotlight on the on the really. So um, we uh, yeah we, we have some something uh, probably coming uh, toward the end of the summer autumn something like that. Oh, cool! That's a scoop. That's a scoop. That's a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the pleasure of trying uh, your collaboration with a local restaurant called Restaurant Au Blanc, I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so right. he was kind enough to send me a bottle to try and the glass that he had made for it. And for the first time ever, I completely lost the photo that I took. Um, so I couldn't <laughs> post about it. And I felt so bad because it's not like, you know, sometimes I'll get like a box of like six beers. And if I lost one of those photos, well, there's five other. But like he literally sent me one bottle and one glass and I lost the freaking bottle. I, I lost the photo. It was gone. And like I'm very particular about what I like. I'm not going to take someone else's photo. Anyway, so I do just apologize to him. Anyway, all this to say, um, I really enjoyed that beer. It had a... For, it, it reminded me of what Dunham kind of spearheaded, uh, you know, five years, six years ago, which it, which I not I don't see enough of anymore. It was a wild barrel aged, and if I'm not mistaken, pretty heavy dry hop on that. Was it was it a hoppy beer? Uh, hoppy. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a dry up. Uh, maybe not so heavy, but uh, yeah, dry up. Uh, we added uh, some Arousier. Um, uh, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. It, it was it was but really just quite, a little bit. Something. So that, that was uh, yeah, quite quite light. Everything uh, was in subtlety in that in yeah. that beer because the hops were not like super shiny. You know, that was not the main uh, the main aspect of the beer. The fruits were not either. It was just balance of many yeah. things. Yeah, and um, this beer was made in um, cider barrels. Cool, right? So that was uh, also the cider side, which was uh, mm. quite interesting. But yeah, that, that was um, this is definitely something that we, we want to do uh, a bit more. 
Uh, our uh, barrel fleet is uh, is going up. Um, uh, we definitely lack some space over here already. <laughs> so <laughs> because we always want more, but uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah that was a very interesting year, which we were uh, really proud of. Yeah, that was kind of going to lead into another question that I had, which is, um, you obviously have, like, I feel like you, you have a good direction in, in terms of like what you're you're trying to be. It doesn't feel like you're like ah, I don't know what direction we want to go or whatever. Like it seems like you have a pretty good rounded um, view of, of where you want to go and where you don't want to go. But I was curious if you have plans to do more wild stuff, whether that wild, if so, does that, would that wild stuff involve something like spontaneous fermentation or would you invest in more barrels? Again, obviously you have space issues, but like to do, you know, playing with bread and uh, bacteria and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that will, um, grow more and more um we uh we're still young so uh we will uh have our second uh, anniversary uh in september of uh, making actual beer so we started farming before but uh uh we, it's not even two years that we brew so uh we have a lot of barrels that uh haven't had a full cycle yet so uh right we have uh yeah so we we have a beer in the making um and yeah, this is this is something we like to drink. We like to brew. So, uh, and even if we lack space, uh, we just have to find a solution to, to make more of this because this is definitely uh, where we want to go. And and also we um, like when we started this, the idea was to it's a, it's a family farm. It's uh, we, we 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 don't want to. Um, to own the world and uh, grow, grow and uh, get bigger. So we we, we just want our um, small operation, make good beer and take time to do whatever uh, we, we need to do to make good beer. So um, we, this the barrel-aged beer and uh, this kind of process really matches uh, our... Um, mine or boy, we, Yeah, it, we, it matches our philosophy and it definitely matches... Um, you know the styles of beer that we personally enjoy, and I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what we do. We we make beer that we enjoy, that we want to drink. So, you, you know, to go back to to what you were saying, Noah. So yes, we have a clear idea of you know who we are, what we want to do, and what we don't want to do. And uh, I, I guess the main um, uh, you know the main line of direction, if I can say, is. We do what we enjoy, what we like. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, being local, being organic as much as possible, um, and um, yeah, just uh, just enjoying, you know, what we do. And and so barrel age is definitely up there, and uh, spontaneous, absolutely. Um, you know, one of our colleagues is actually uh, doing um, um, a a a. a not a master's, a, a bachelor's in, uh, what is it? Chemistry? Uh, no, uh, biochemistry. Uh, okay. So, you know, we want to, yeah, we want to eventually, you know, start harvesting um, yeast, you know, mm -hmm. from, from around the farm. We have, you know, all kinds of 
uh, apple tree. Yeah, you know, we have all kinds of stuff growing on our farm. You know, whether apple trees, whether raspberries, uh, whether uh, black currants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, naturally, of course, you know, nothing that we planted ourselves. You know, that we're just there. So we think that there's, you know, like gazillion possibilities uh, harvesting yeast. Uh, you know, and, and and just doing spontaneous beer around here. It's 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 all natural. I mean, we're we're organic, so we. We think that it could lead to an interesting result, so we're we're definitely mm-hmm. heading there. When we don't know, maybe not uh, summer <laughs> yet, but uh, for sure. But one that's day, so dope. I love that. I didn't even think about that because that's one of the beauty of having that sort of land, and I, I didn't realize that you guys had uh, some fruit on there as well. Like that's that's like some mm-hmm. really fun, exciting possibilities that are. Uh, seem like a bit of a light lift like it's not like a huge undertaking you know particularly if you have a member of staff who's becoming a biochemist as such you can sort of make make it happen and uh allow you to sort of capture all of those you know and to to continue that um unique differentiation that you have already and it's just you know stuff from your own land like i don't know i kind of feel like i feel like what you're doing is almost like what every brewer kind of wishes they could do really like to control every element of the production because isn't that the ultimate thing like you're trying to make this product but you've got to ask these people for this part of it and these people for that part of it but if you could just do it all I don't know I kind of feel like everyone would want that in the end even though yeah like you're saying Mara it's a ton of work and it's insane and it's more than you ever thought it was but I don't know it's kind of it's like extraordinarily unique and it's like, I don't know, when the apocalypse happens, you can still make beer because you've got everything there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty pretty good bonus well, right there. It's, I mean, you know, it's definitely fun. We, we um, you know, if we didn't have fun doing what we do, and I don't say that we have fun every single day of our lives, that would be the biggest lie ever. But, um, you know, if in general, we would not enjoy that. The manure day is not the funniest. <laughs> no, I bet. There, there's one day a year I need to uh, spread manure. And, uh, that's it. We're yeah. a farmer. Well, <laughs> actually, it's, Part of it. it's fun for me watching, but... Um, <laughs> you don't participate? Mara doesn't participate in the manure day? No, no. No, well, no, no. I... I, I Participate just by watching from afar. That's, that's <laughs> as close like, as you yeah. get. Binoculars. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, if you're thirsty. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, that's great. But yeah, I mean, so it's. I mean, you know, of course, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak, uh, but so is Jonathan. So you know, we like to. Yes, we would like to control everything as much as possible. But at the end of the day, I think it's just. You know, you, normally you say the sky's the limit. So, in you know, in our case, it's not so much the sky as the land. The land is the limit, and 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 we, you know, there's a lot of possibility on our land, and uh, we've we've just begun to, um, you know, to to exploit it, to 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 work with it, and and uh, and and really have fun doing so. I mean, it doesn't always work out <laughs> as 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 we thought it might but uh, at the end of the day even if we would like to control everything from the beginning to the end we, we don't and won't have control because it's farming yeah you're dependent on weather you're dependent on many things that you don't control so uh 
it's also part of it and you, you need to compose with that. That's a good point. Um, I wanted to, I don't should think we, we tried that, we should do. Yeah, maybe we should do that. You want to do the next one? Oh, yes. Yes. Craig is very Team Roost. Team Roost all day. Um, just yeah. So, yeah, so let me tell you a bit about uh, about this. So, you know, when we started, I mean, you know, you can see from, you know, the different beers that we make that we don't, we don't do a blanche, we don't do a rose, we, you know, that, that's, that's not really what, what, uh, what we're about, really. Um, but uh, so we had really no intention at all of, 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 of brewing um, a rose. I, you know, I don't think there's an English word for that. I mean, other than red ale, no, maybe, but... It doesn't you know, really yeah. exist. It's kind of a made-up style, I think. But yeah, an Irish red ale. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. so so yes, we we really did not have any intention of of, of, of brewing that you know this style of beer, um, but then last year you know when we opened the um, the beer garden here, you know which we opened because of the whole I mean we had the intention of opening it but not as fast as we did uh, we opened it I mean we 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 accelerated the process uh, because of the whole COVID situation we, you know when when COVID started last year we were still so you know such a young brewery and, and and not not super known um and so when covid started you know i had uh, i had planned like a whole bunch of um uh, tastings like here and there you know for, for for people to taste their beers and 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 get to know us and obviously that was <laughs> all canceled um so we're like okay well if we cannot go to you know and meet people well we need to have a space where people can come and uh, meet us and, and get to know us. And so that's, that's when we figured that, well, we needed to have some sort of a beer garden um, since we don't have space for, uh, you know, uh, like a tasting room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so we, we, we opened the, the beer garden and um, like from, from day one, I, I kid you not, there's not one day that uh, that passed that we were open that I was not asked whether I had, uh, you know, like a white beer or a rose. You know, really? uh, do you have a white beer? Really? Do you have a rose? I'm like, no, I don't have those colors. <laughs> I have like a whole bunch of other beers, but I don't have a friggin' rose. Um, so obviously, you know, it it it, it gave us a food for thought. I was like, okay, well, clearly people like their hosts and clearly you know that they, they they you know they like to see that here so like okay how can we how can we make that style but again you know make it our own not just you know any regular horse you know that you'll find on the market also given the fact that it's not i mean you know this is far from being um something new you know this is an old style that was Sort of invented by Boreal uh, back in the yeah, 80s, yeah. I think. It's really a Quebec uh, style. Super Quebec Quebec driven, style. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. from but like back in the 80s. That, that's I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. So, so yeah. like, you know, how can we update the style or at least make it our own? And that's that's how we, um, so, so, you know, as Jonathan said, we harvested rye last year. Um, like super high quality rice, like okay, well, let's use that in our uh, in our rus, and that's how we get uh, what one third, I think, of the grain bill is. Uh, is yeah, yeah, rye. one third is rye. 
And so we're like, okay, well, let's do a rousse, mais rousse de seigle, so dry. That's a bitch to room. I bet. That's too much, right? That's a whole different story. Go ahead. Yeah, here, Ryan has another every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we learn to to work with it, but rye in general is not uh, an easy uh, malt to use uh, in the brewery, and our malt is really good in extract, but also really good in beta glucans, with uh, which is the um, which is so viscous about the malt. So, but it, it's hard in the brewery, but in the end product, it gives texture, mouthfeel, which is uh, quite interesting. So uh, for that reason, we, we, we like the, the rye and we, uh, we we do the extra hours to uh, <laughs> to bring the beer on the table. How did and you... So, know, you know, the version... Go on, sorry. Yeah, so uh, the version you have, uh, so we have the regular Rose de Seg, you know, which is just Rose de Seg. And the version you have is uh, the, um, you know, the, the, the bourbon edition. Yeah. Um, so those uh, bourbon barrels um, that we use for the Bourbon, uh, which you were mentioning uh, before, Noah, uh, we used uh, some of those barrels and 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 and, and new ones as and well. New ones as well. Yeah. So you know, a mix of uh, second pass bourbon barrels and and, and first pass yeah. bourbon barrels for for the Rose de Seg, um, which which was. Um, uh, aged only two months, you know, really just to give it a hint of bourbon, a hint of like vanilla slash uh, oaky uh, taste. You know, it, it, it just gives it like a little bit more um, mouthfeel, but still super light. It's only 5%, uh, it, it, but it tastes, well, to us, obviously, <laughs> amazing uh, in the sense that it's, you know, you have, you know, the, like the, the complex taste, but without the heaviness that might otherwise uh, get in this style of uh, this kind of beer. Yeah. I was going to ask... Like, sorry, go on, Craig. All, all I wanted to really say like, was just, how did you get a 5% beer that was aged in a bourbon barrel? Because that seems magic right there. Like, I, I, my, from my understanding, the, I know you said second pass bourbon barrel, but still, like, to get half, it... Half, half. Half, half. Okay, that's a blank. Cool. That makes sense. This is great. Um, I was but just yeah, going to say that it, 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 it speaks. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. So yeah, to to uh, to answer Craig, the, and, and the idea of to to have a five percent beer uh, barrel age and so on. From the ge- beginning, the, um, the idea was not to put it in barrels. Right. So <laughs> the, let's disclose the truth. We, we, we messed up around with the, this batch, and uh, there was a, a bit more bitterness than we have uh, normally. And uh, there was said, so, "Okay, what do we do with that? Do we release it like this?" Or we were afraid that it was too far from the. It was too bitter. Beer. It was yeah, too yeah, bitter. To, uh, you know, so it's not the same beer, so let's not sell that as the same beer. And then we we um, we had these barrels sitting around. So oh. Chuck it in yeah. So let's, let's be a it it, It's sure that it will fit the flavor and that will work. So sometimes you do beers that uh, not everything is uh, intended and uh, you don't control everything. But, you start uh, from a mistake and yeah. you work on that. So, so this one was a good save. I agree. I think it's yeah. uh, pretty awesome, to be honest. Um, it's going to be the best roost I've ever had. 
has to be. Yeah, like what you managed to do is like save the beer, obviously, but yeah, um, just the fact that it, it's it, a beer like this, you don't want to age for a year in a bourbon barrel, right? It's just gonna it's it's gonna get too thin and, and it's gonna lose its its what it was. Um, but you're just pulling in hints of the the vanilla and that like oak and it's not particularly tannic either. And the bitterness, I don't know. I don't think I've had the, the original, um, but it's not. So the, I guess the time in the barrel uh, helped reduce that, that hot bitterness and, and just kind of round things out. But yeah, no, this is great. And the, and it's not overtly peppery either from the rye and, uh, but that's still there too a little bit. Uh, but the, like you said about the mouthfeel, that rye slick kind of, mouthfeel is is really present this is uh this is a lot of fun yeah easy to I, drink too like i uh, never would have thought i'd hear ruse and fun in the same sentence but here we are <laughs> <laughs> it's innovative craig it it's is innovative but i'm, I'm dead ass i'm here for it i also wanted to show some love to this glass this is probably my top three favorite glass i own yeah, i, I like love glass. this glass this is so gorgeous this was with the uh with the bourbon and the other it just another barrel aid series you guys did in February. It was just it's such a gorgeous glass with the the way that it's just like it's kind of a sharp edge here, and it's perfect for a bourbon barrel aged roost. You know? I never thought that's what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm officially team Thank roost. You. I, you know, I take uh, I take all the credit for for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, own it, own the credit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so I do, you know, all the merch, uh, you know, which includes uh, the glasses. Uh, and, and so while uh, while Jonathan and the team uh, brews, I I shop around for the perfect glass, or the perfect hoodie, the perfect uh, cap, and everything. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, your is, branding is is really yeah. great. You want to talk about that for a moment? Like, I'd love uh, to hear about that. Did you design the branding, or do you? Uh, no, no. We uh, well, the the we work with a firm which is called Pudiaf. They're based in uh, Montreal, and um, yeah, they did the the logo and all the, um, the, the, the the basics of our branding, the the labels, um, you know, like the white uh, like that, white labels. Really simple, modern, uh, sleek design. So uh, it's. Uh, it's their work. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's perfect. The, the logo means uh, many things. Well, we, we can speak about that. Yeah, let's yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you have... Funny yeah. story. Or not so, so funny. Logo. Uh, and, and, well, the, cool. the color itself... Yeah, that's itself, upside down, though. The, the, <laughs> oh, it the goes color this way? Itself. Yeah, it's like a little yeah, yeah. arm. Yeah, because one, there's... Uh, I thought it was a hog. The logo. So, so, that was um, a what? I thought it was a hop. Yeah, that's the that well, can be ah. hop can be uh, the the head of the cereal. Ah. Also, the like the 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 grange, the the barn. Uh, yeah, the barn. You the, know, the, the barn, barn itself, the, 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 the shape the of the building. barn, because our brewery is basically this shape, uh, barn shape, and you have um, the the tread of a tractor tire, the wheel. Yeah, Ooh, that's so a, it's all this at the same time. That's like a triple and, entendre and the, right there. Oof, I love that. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, if, if 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 you, you know, if you look at the eastern townships from you know from from above, you see you see all those lots, and um, 
And so that's that's also something that you can see on, the, on you know, with the logo, like different lots next to, ah, next to one another. I love that. That's so dope. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really sharp. I'm uh, just seeing on the hoodie there. Like it just, it just like pops on there. And these labels, these stand out over um, – Everything. I feel like if I'm looking in a box for the beers, like this bright orange yeah. thing, I'm like, boom, well, there it is. Like, it's it's awesome. It's such a smart way to do it. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was about to, uh, Let's to talk tell about you the orange. where the orange yeah. from. <laughs> Please, yeah. And uh, basically, um, it's uh, this orange is the same orange in the Kubota tractor color. Mm. Because we we used to have a John Deere, a nice green John Deere tractor, like old school, old school but yeah, yeah. mint condition. You know, that was perfect. Perfect, so perfect, it was stolen. <laughs> so oh, what, one morning I, I'm looking for the tractor. Is it there? No. Maybe in the back. No. Did I left it at the house. No. After five minutes, I figured out that it was stolen. So, uh, so we had to shop another one, and um, we we need a very narrow tractor to go through the hop yard, and uh, it's not every tractor that makes the job. So we were not able to find a John Deere like we had, and we bought a Kubota. And I have a lot of friend engineer, and uh, they like John Deere is the man tractor, and you need a John Deere <laughs> and everything, you know. <laughs> so, so they bought me. Um, Gray uh, paint, like a spray, uh, can? spray cans to to uh, to paint it back to uh, the green, <laughs> to green uh, <laughs> on their everything. So when I um, told that to uh, Sebastian at Polygraph when he was working on the the logo, he came back with this uh, branding idea, and he didn't told us at the beginning, but that's the color code, exact color code of uh, Kubota, and and then he like he afterwards, did, afterwards, yeah. We, was knowing about the story and uh, was making fun of us basically with uh, with the scholar, <laughs> and it was so so funny that we said, "Okay, yeah, that's a nice yeah, color. Let's go thing. with that." And <laughs> but also, we like it, of course. Let, let's assume yeah. our new tractor and uh, let's go with you. I like that a lot, and it stands out. Is your uh, the hoodie you got there, Mara? Is that I can't tell. Is it like blue or gray, like a gray blue type of? Uh... No, it's it, yeah, no, it's 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 charcoal. Charcoal. Okay, yeah, you so. Can't it, really Yes, the, there's like a little bit of like shadow on it, so I can't tell. But the what I can tell is the orange logo is just popping like yeah. that, which is which is smart. I feel like there's a, I've seen a couple brands over the year, really not many, because it's a bold color choice to go for like a bright orange as your key color component for a brand. But you guys use it in such a subtle way, like you were showing the label before, Jonathan, that's like you know, all white for the most part with a few little orange highlights and you get to the back and you got the, uh, where is it? Yeah, the little logo here on the back in orange and just a few little highlights. And it's like a, a classy, subtle, like you said, modern way to, to utilize a very contrasting color that, uh, you know, reminds you of construction workers, but you've been able to use it in a really subtle way to sort of double down on the branding, which is, which is dope, so... I love it. That's really cool. There was a quick question here we had for you guys, which just to reiterate, Beer Nervosa said, did it catch how they got 5% out of a bourbon barrel aging? Did you say that you blended it down to that ABV? And that was correct, right? So it was a bourbon barrel part, then you made a fresh batch, and then blended that 50-50 with the bourbon barrel, which would have been ramped up to a pretty high ABV, I guess. 
No, no, that, that's not the case. What no, uh, okay. Mara meant by 50-50 is 50% of the barrel was uh, first pass and the other 50% second pass. So that, that's about the barrel. But the, the okay. beer itself was already at 5%, already finished. You just um, stayed uh, in the barrel for some maturing, but uh, there there was uh, there were clean barrel, so uh, no, no further fermentation in the barrel. Gotcha. So there just wasn't like a ton of like booze to soak up really to ramp up there. No. ABV. That makes sense. No, no. Yeah. No, I love it. Who would have thought a roost would be this lit? Noah, Noah, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really well, it, it, It's just weird. You can't to say remember. that was our first intention anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, you made, it, you made it happen. And, and once again, work. though, <laughs> I got to comment on the mouthfeel. Like this is three beers in a row uh, that have very similar this like i don't know i feel like mouthfeel is one of the one of the the most important aspects of a beer that i personally remember because i feel like if you can nail a certain mouthfeel it's it's like a real it's a hallmark as a well-made beer and all three of these beers that are very markedly different styles have that have this signature smoothness that is just fucking glorious with no other way to describe it it's it's really beautiful and i'm i'm appreciating well, you do, and I look. I don't recall it being like this in the first batch. Once again, two two and a half years ago, whatever it was. Um, did that happen slowly over time to to get to this point? I, I think so. We we get used to our equipment. Uh, we get used to our uh, ingredient as well. Which always changes, by the way. So each year we we need to make some uh, some adjustment. Um, we're also gaining some uh, maturity. Um, like uh, I, I was not coming from a, another brewery before, so my my previous was my uh, garage. So uh, <laughs> so and then <laughs> whichever where you start, you always learn in life. So uh, and uh, the. Try to always uh, improve as well. So I expect that uh, this will go on and will never stop. So uh, that, that's the, the philosophy here. We, we, uh, we, there's always something to do to uh, get a better product out. And uh, we're not ashamed of trying new things and uh, change the, the recipes uh, a little bit. So uh, that's... So hopefully, if we talk again in two years, you know, you'll say, yeah, you guys really improved. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm here for that. I feel like we should should let it wait two years, though. I think we should do this uh, not that long after. Um, so I was just uh, maybe to give people a bit more of an overall picture of what you guys do. I feel like between Noah and I, at least from sort of the outside looking in, we've tried a lot of the different stuff you guys have been doing. As far as the, I, I would, I'm sort of assuming, I guess, as far as the sort of spectrum of stuff. Um, like, did you come into this? With like, all right, we're going to do this style, this style, and this style, and that's kind of it. Or do like, you know, what what if people were just learning about La Femme, what would you want them to know about what you guys are doing? And sort of, obviously, we know about the approach, the organic, the grain to glass for the most part, mm-hmm. as much as possible. Keep it local, love it, here for it. Um, but you know, as far as what people can expect, style was like you're saying, they come in asking for a Russe or a white, you know, Blanche or whatever, you know there's your damn roost but you know the the other stuff you're doing like what how would you sort of describe the types of different stuff and your approach to beer for people curious mm-hmm. 
think it, at the end of the day, it boils down to uh, drinkability because we, 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 we don't have a specific style which we, we go for. Okay. Um, and, and it's we like um, to, to taste a lot of uh, beers, uh, diversity of uh, beers. So uh, this is obviously what we want to do. We like to try new things. So the, um, just the, the common commonality you will find in the beers is uh, drinkability, uh, balance, balance. Uh, yeah, subtleness. Um, so the, the, this is what you, you, will, you would find with uh, our beers. So we have some sour beers, um, well, sour fruit beers, if I can say. We have some, you know, Belgian-style beers. Uh, we have, the, yeah, now the Rus, uh, uh beer. <laughs> the we most have, important. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, more and more you will see barrel-aged beers uh, because that's where we're heading, you know, with all, all, you know, all, all those barrels we have. Um We're we're now exper- you know experimenting with uh, Blanche as well. You 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 know you may have seen or heard of the uh, Blanche Basilic, so uh, Blanche with uh, basil um, uh, infusion or whatever you know with uh, with basil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, you know it's it's a Blanche, but not just your regular type of Blanche. Uh, you don't you don't put any. Uh, actual citrus because uh, there's no orange or lemon that grow here in Quebec. So we, you know, we 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 find different ways, um, either with the hops or uh, in that case with um, the yeast, you know, to give it that hint of you know citrusy notes um, without actually using orange peels or whatnot. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, and the basil. Um, so so. Yeah, we just have this, um, well, more and more big variety of, of, of beers, and we just like mm-hmm. to experiment, and we don't we don't limit ourselves to this or that. We just go with whatever we like. Uh, sometimes with uh, what we're asked. So you know, we had the rules because we were asked for it in every single day. Um, same and now for you the have this and, beautiful things. <laughs> well, exactly. That, that that you know that's that's going to be. I mean, you know that that was a limited edition, of course. But we're thinking that well, you know, maybe uh, every now and then, you know, we can uh, screw up like the yeah. <laughs> we can screw up, <laughs> screw up the on purpose. And, yeah. <laughs> Chuck it in a barrel. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, on on that note, beer and a bozo also asked. He said, I, "I see a brute IPA on your website. There's not too many breweries mm-hmm. still uh, going about that. Are you still making that uh, brute IPA?" Yeah, uh-huh. that's a, that's, that's a, a hot topic. Yeah, we, yeah. we uh, breaking news. <laughs> we brewed uh, this one uh, this week, so uh, hey. a few weeks uh, it's going to be available again. Uh, it's uh, that was a. Uh, style that was not so uh, there was uh, a bit popular a uh, small amount of time yeah. Uh, yeah. but we 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 have a, a lot of demand on people that bought it uh, in the time to make it again and the reason why we uh, we do it uh, only few bash a year uh, is because we we do that with the cashmere ops um, which we grow here 
but it's a very difficult uh, up to grow uh, in Quebec because of the weather, uh, the, the moisture. So we, we um, there's um, downy mildew, which is um, hard to control with, uh, with this one. So we have limited harvest of this up, and this is the the key. Uh, that's the what shines in the beer and mm. make. Uh, yeah, because it's a single hop. Uh, it's it's mm. a single hop beer. The the, the the IPA brut that that we make. Mm. It's it, it's only cashmere and well cashmere from here. Um, last year we did buy a bit of cashmere from Ontario, I think. Uh, but, but they were no, no, that was Mexico. Uh, so yeah, cashmere. Um, there's we can't even really, find any yeah. cashmere like in Quebec or or on cherry anymore um i i think we are the only ones left with some cashmere plants jonathan wanted to just scrap the whole thing because he's fed up with it i i i fought i fought a little bit so i i i still have some cashmere plants which i'm i'm giving it as much love as i can to hopefully get a decent harvest so that we can continue to to brew the ip brut which is um It's 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 in high demand by those who really want it. So you know, every week I get so. When are you brewing it? When are you you know? When are we getting it? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have one or two more uh, batches this year, and we'll see what kind of harvest we have, and maybe that will be the end of that, uh, and we'll have to come up with something different, or I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. I yeah. feel like yeah. Go go Joe. Yeah, at, at the end, like uh, we, um, IP Brut, it's not uh, something that will sell. If you have this on the shelf, like the, the Brut yeah. style, uh, there's not a big following for that. And that's the, the yeah, advantage that's of being a, a small brewery. We just do what we want to do. And uh, if we follow the trend or not, it's not so important here. It's what the beer tastes. So, uh, so we feel it's good and we do it uh, and, and we, we 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 don't do things to to fall within the trends uh, like we hundred percent of our beers uh, are sold in bottles uh, it's definitely not a trend uh, <laughs> we're not big on the new England IPAs so so we we go a bit against uh, the current sometimes but uh, we, we don't have the pressure to sell a given amount of beer So that frees up, frees us uh, uh, a bit, and uh, allows us to do what we do. So, if we want to do IPA bird, we don't care uh, if it's uh, something trendy or not. We just do it if we think uh, it's good. That's funny because that was literally going to be my next question. It was going to be a two-parter, and the first part was going to be: you're one of the few people that are still doing. Um, solely bottles and my second part of the question was so going to be um do you feel like like the beer landscape is kind of interesting right now with trendy things being ultra trendy and people like trends obviously bring in new clients and then those new clients only know what's trendy almost as a result. So you end up with like, well, where's all your, where's your nine taps that are hazy IPAs and where's the pastry stouts and where are your smoothies and where are your this or whatever. And I was just 
And it's not to say that you have to do that to be successful, but I was just curious your thoughts on how you fit in with all of that. And um, do you feel like there's pressure to go in that direction? Or, well, you just kind of mentioned because you don't feel that necessarily because you're you're kind of, you have the farm, I guess, and you're you're doing your own thing, or I don't know if you can expand on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a bit of pressure, like uh, some retailers will only buy cans, and as long as we we are involved, they're not interested. Um, and can is not the evil, so it's okay also to uh, to put beer in cans. But um, uh, with the size that we are, uh, we can still uh, make our own decisions. So that's that's some kind of freedom we have and uh, and there, there's there need to be diversity so a uh, pastry style it's not wrong New England it's not wrong it's uh, I mean it's different preference and uh, and as you mentioned uh, these trends some there's a lot of uh, new customers that uh, discover uh, craft beer with these and that will eventually shift to other styles afterwards yeah for sure so, uh, so yeah, it's just that now there's so many breweries that uh, there's some um, niche or specialization that is um, is, uh, is coming, and there's place for everybody. And we we just felt that uh, our place is um, drinkable beers, uh, not too uh, sweet on the drier side of things, a bit more subtle, and and it's clearly based on our uh, personal preference. And yeah. so, so if we like. We brew for ourselves, and we know that there would be people that also have the similar preference than, than we do. It, the size we are, um, the market is large enough, so uh, we don't bother too much with the trends. And I mean, like, I don't know anything about running a business or running a brewery, but to me that makes sense in that I feel like the breweries that I find successful are the ones that brew to their passion right like the the breweries that feel the pressure and then start doing things that they don't actually like or aren't into it's not even that like like you said there's nothing wrong with pastries there's nothing wrong with smoothies and there's nothing wrong with haze um but it's just not your thing um and if you decide to try and make it your thing when it's not really something that you're interested in or or passionate about or whatever then i feel like it really shows in the product and i've seen unfortunately a lot of breweries kind of i guess feeling like they have to go down that route and then they do and you try it and you're like you're not you're not nailing it Mm -hmm. you're just doing it to do it and it's not really working that well um so anyway all this to say like i think it's great the that you're you're doing what you do and it's not to say that there isn't people who want to do what you're doing and i wasn't trying to insinuate that at all i was just curious your thoughts on um like the trends in general yeah and you know it's not to say that we don't have those discussions uh either about you know considering cans or um about considering Mm -hmm. you know those styles that are trendy because at the end of the day we are a business and at the end of the day we do have to uh, you know, make some sort of a living, decent living from it. Uh, 
Um, and uh, and the reality is that yeah, you have those trends that are super popular um, and, and 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 that sell out like super quickly. Um, but also at the end of the day, yeah, I, I, I think our, our, our main priority is to make beers that we enjoy, that 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 we would want to purchase, that that we want to drink, and pastry stouts is not necessarily one of them. We're not big on team lactose. We're not big boo, on. Boo. <laughs> 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 that, that's okay. You never lose points with me with the team Roos, so you know you make up for it. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're you know I'm not big on hot burn, so I'm not gonna make a beer that you know gives me hot burns. I I I don't enjoy it, so I we just want something that's balanced, something you know that is drinkable. Uh, yeah, and that you can finish the bottle and, and maybe have another one or not. Not that we need to have many bottles, but right. uh, at least be able to finish yours and, and, and not feel saturated, not feel, you know, heavy, heavy in the mouth, heavy in your gut. That's uh, that's what it comes down to. But, but I'm not saying that we're not ever going to use lactose. Just small amount. <laughs> but, but maybe we use the whole milk. Get the lactose from yeah. the farm. Uh, the or, or, See, switch it just came straight from the cow. Lactose was <laughs> lactose was like 2019. We're a, we're a team cow. That's even better. We're like over lactose. We moved on from lactose. That was two years ago. Now it's about well, it Alex at Alex at Chalib did uh, the buttermilk milk saison because he was very aggressively yeah. anti. Um, lactose because I used to always give him yes. to always have like mini funny arguments and stuff and then he used the buttermilk and I was like look at you you're team lactose now you're using it he's like no it's not lactose it's not the same I'm like it's the same bro. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically cheese and he was, wasn't having it but now people don't get mad about lactose so now smoothie salads are what made people mad so now we're team smoothie but on the other side we're also team roost so you know we got it all coming now <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. There's a bunch of comments from Benoit here who are kind of commenting on what you guys are saying. He's like, "That's the way uh, to do it." Speaking on your trend, because the trends are expensive. Uh, customers, you have to impress, I guess, with the trends because the trends are, uh, you know, nothing that is trending now. I think of it is cheap. The fruited salads, pastry stouts, the haze with quadruple dry hops with crazy expensive hops and stuff. Uh, and, and, and you th- do it so well to impress them too. Yes, exactly right. And he's saying this, and this this actually uh, followed on what you were saying, Noah, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with you when you said that, like, he says, do what you love and the following will grow. And in yeah. my experience, this is like, we've done close to 250 podcasts, I think I checked recently, and from the people that we speak to, the ones that are the best are the ones who do exactly what they love. They do what they were passionate about. They're not really, you know, like you exactly just said, Mara, we don't like pastry stout, so we're not going to make them. I don't want hot burn, so I'm not going to use that type of stuff. And that's exactly what you should do. There's, I, I couldn't agree with that more as a business decision because there's a million other people who do pastry stouts and hot burn beers. Cool, go to them. You guys do this way because that's what you love and you will only do what you love. You'll do that the best because that's what you're passionate about. So I, I very much agree with that. He says, uh, Judas Yell and the cast are examples of this. Good point. And I guess touching on the cans, like where are all Val's cans? They're another brewery that <laughs> are exclusively... Uh, it's true. 
Yeah. Exclusively bundled. <laughs> Did we? I excuse. I was like talking to Tiff. I had to put myself on mute. There's. I live near, like literally next to Montreal, like the mountain, and yeah. there is a police helicopter. There were people, fireworks, screaming the whole time. I kind of and Tiff was like, "Yo, they're wilding out oh, there." No. And there was a police helicopter. I've never seen this outside of the states. Like just hovering. It's still there now, but it's like hovering over the park. Like people that just must be like doing some crazy shit. So uh, wow. I, I may, which is pretty gangster. I definitely want to see what's going on. Um, but um, did you guys discuss why? I got pretty much everything. I think just for a, a, like 30 seconds there, I was a little like, because I couldn't really hear much because the helicopter was so loud. Um, did you say why you guys are only continuing to use bottles as opposed to moving to cans? No. The bottle choice is an uh, environmental environmental choice. So many syllables. Then, yeah, because, because this, uh, <laughs> uh, this format is uh, multiple use. So uh, it, it, it takes more energy to, um, to build than a can, but can be uh, washed and re- reused 15 times on average. Up to. Up to 15 times. So that, that based on a study that was done uh, specifically for uh, Quebec, uh, the, the can is not bad because aluminum is fully recyclable. So uh, you can melt it again and do new cans, uh, but takes more energy. And it's you, you need to import from the States. There's no local uh, plant making the, the cans. Uh, and, and these bottles are made uh, in uh, Ontario. So if you look at the complete footprint and um, uh, of the, the, the container, I should say, so, so we, we picked the bottle because uh, we felt it was the, the best uh, sustainable choice. And also because we really like the shape of that bottle. We find it sexy. We find it, you know, it looks really good on a table. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, if you are at a restaurant, for instance, you know, having a can on table is absolutely not the same thing as having, you know, a nice, uh, nice looking bottle. Um, also, it keeps your beer uh, colder, longer as opposed to a can, which warms up uh, more quickly. But, I mean, those are much smaller details. But, uh, yeah, just in general, we really like the look of it. Um, and uh, yeah. a bit yeah. of all that. Yeah, the, and at the, yes. at the same time, we understand there's big drawbacks, um, like for the management of the, um, the, the, the deposit. Oh, the returns, yeah. 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 The returns, exactly, because the, the cans, it's a, a bit easier. You go to the grocery stores and you, you put that in the gubbers and uh, it's done. Then the bottles, uh, it's a bit more uh, involving for the customer, more for the demanding. retailer, yeah. and also for us. Uh, but when we, 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 um, we, we did the case, we said, okay, it's, it's more job. But if we feel it's more sustainable, uh, better for the environment, then let's go for it anyways. So. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we as, um, you know, as a society, we have to uh, shift towards finding more um, sustainable solutions. Uh, you know, whether it's the bottle or, or the can. So yes, it's you know, it's a bit more work in terms of having to return the bottle and for the, um, and for the retailer having to manage, uh, you know, the bottles in the back store and, 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 and for us, you know, having to pick them back up and, and sending them to the, uh, 
to the bottler, I think, that, 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 uh, that cleans the them. The washer, yeah. Or, yeah, the washer. Anyway, so, yes, those are extra steps, you know, extra work. But, you know, this is just one example. We, it, 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 it will um, sooner rather than later have, it, have to apply to a whole bunch of different aspects of, um, of the way we live anyway. So we figured, you know, might as well start with that, you know, as far as we're concerned. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, but we, we, we had doubts at the beginning when we, uh, because if you go back in the last three, four years, uh, I don't think there's a brewery that started with bottles as one of those that are production, barrels and so on. Yeah. But uh, so we said, is it um, something we, we can do? Maybe we will have to do cans on some products or we... We look at these scenarios, but now we—I think uh, we—it's we, uh, sustainable for us as well to uh, to go this way. So maybe we would have hit a wall and say, "Okay, it's not sellable, and we mm. can't do business." But that's not the case. We're, uh, so far, good. It works. Um, I don't say you know. It's, it's, it's not to say that it's not. Uh, well, extra work, I guess. That's extra work, but that's okay. That's, uh, I mean, uh, we, okay. <laughs> we have to do it. <laughs> what are you going to do, right? For now. For now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, for now. You know, every, I don't know, every six months or so, we do have the discussion. We do, um, yeah, bring it back up and, and, and try to figure out whether we're still on the right path, whether it still makes sense, whether it's still... Um, uh, yeah, workable, feasible for us, uh, as well as the retailers, and, you know, in general. But uh, yeah, so yeah. far so good. Let's say if there was um, a plant of aluminum can uh, being built in uh, Saguenay, so we have mm. local cans, then maybe we would think again, okay, if it's local and less transport and so on. Yeah, the footprint maybe, uh, consideration. So we're not block but we have a clear preference to to the bottles so we're not um shopping for a canning machine <laughs> not just yet you guys want to hit the porter yep. uh the porter porter with an, an irrational amount of <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it how do you like those assumptions yes they're great i'm just gonna run to the bathroom i will do it I love it. Um, just while you're doing that, I get a couple of funny comments here. This is actually pretty entertaining. Um, Beer Nabosa said, Orval's beer is like finding an albino moose. And then Benoit says, the difference is you can give a you can he said the difference is you can give a liver to be unimpressed by an Orval. The albino moose, you'll be impressed, whatever you give for it. Uh, and the beer Nabosa said, These folks are cool AF, great guests. They're loving you guys. They're loving you guys. So, I really feel like porters are a style that, like I was saying earlier, the Melilo, the OG porter, um, probably one of my favorite styles from you guys for sure. Um, that, that didn't make sense. I said probably and for sure in the same sentence. I would say definitely is one of my favorite things that you guys have done. I feel like you really nail it. And this is the one with, uh, oh yeah, I didn't show the camera, with raspberry. Uh, tell us about this one with the uh, insane amounts of, uh, of raspberry. Oh, coming close to it. We're doing the photos mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about this one, guys. Yeah, yeah sure. 
So the, these raspberries are coming from um, a farm in the Granby, which is just beside uh, Shefford. Okay. And um, it's called La Ferme au Petit Fruit. And uh, they're um, doing organic raspberries, which is um, quite Ooh. rare because it's, uh, it's really difficult to, to grow uh, raspberries organically. So they do that in, um, in a tunnel. To make sure there's no fly, nothing, no insect come in. There's a sass to uh, to go in the um, in this uh, in this tunnel. So that's uh, it's not typical okay. to to grow. Yeah, it's uh, like a greenhouse. Like that. yeah, yeah, that's a greenhouse, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and um, yeah. So, but it's it's expensive raspberries, and we put <laughs> a lot of <laughs> so and irrational. This is a beer that we all, Irrational, yeah. irrational, because um, the numbers doesn't jive on that beer. So <laughs> we, we brew it only once a year because we like to to do it, and we we love those beers. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and in a dark beer like that, if you want the raspberry to shine, you have to put a shitload. That's there's no there's no secret. You have to, to put a lot. So that's what we what we did. That's what you did. So I don't know to what extent your beer is. Uh It has warmed up a little bit, but you don't want it uh, ice cold, obviously. It's uh, a little nippy, but I feel like over the, the conversation, it'll, it'll warm. But uh, nice looking head again. Cheers, guys, as always. Cheers. Cheers. So the nose Cheers. is, um, and this is something uh, Jonathan had mentioned a few months back. Um, it's, um, it's like a black forest, you know, in the nose. Again, yeah. not a pastry stout. It's not sweet. It's not No. Uh, the nose. You got a bit of that. Certainly the raspberry, the the the, the acidic um, touch of the fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the black forest cake on the nose. It's 7.8%, percent, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is pretty large for a, uh, a porter. Is that somewhat? Mm-hmm. Um, Similar to the regular, to- I don't think the regular porter is that high, right? No, no, it, it's bigger than the the regular porter. It's a similar base recipe, but um, bigger grain bill. So it, it's sometimes we call it robust porter, but robust in a, more in a um, ABV uh, point of view because the the dark malts, the the roasted flavor are not over the top. So um, we use a de-usk. Um, dark mouth, so just to to make sure we don't have uh, too much uh, toasted flavors, um, so it's it stays uh, smooth and not too harsh, despite uh, being a, a big uh, porter. Okay. Yeah, for seven point eight percent, it doesn't drink like a rich beer at all. It's pretty um, easy drinking. Yeah, it's. it's- Light enough, uh, light enough in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I find. Yeah, there's some sweetness, definitely, but um, not too much. A, a bit again on the drier side uh, of the style. Yeah. Mm. it's kind of tannic. Uh, it's not acidic so much as it like there's a subtle tartness mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. at times can react with darker malts. I find and create like an astringency, and this is like dancing mm-hmm. that line a little bit. Um, but I think yeah. it works. Um, I agree. You, I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you do a barrel-aged coffee robust porter with my friend, mm-hmm. Monsieur Jason Gewitt? 
Was yeah, that a request for so Oh, Jason. Yeah. Yes. Craig and, met Jason uh, once uh, on the podcast. The drunkest man of, of all cra- time. He, he, he crashed the Shawnee <laughs> podcast and he was off his head. 30 beers in, yeah. at least. It was very funny. Oh. He, was, he was just. And Noah's other. like, he's not normally like this. He's like, never seen him like this before. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I. I yeah. He's quite a character was, on his was, own, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah Character, characters are good. I, I love him. Um, yeah, this is like it's just a re- super interesting. I really find that like the yeah dark beers with these sort of red juicy fruits are just such a fantastic pairing because they really elicit that cake kind of thing, but without but being pastry. They, for me, they can they can really be hit and miss because I find a lot of the time it just ends up weird and astringent. But when it works, it works well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I want to mildly interrupt just in case my camera dies because then I'm going to change to the uh, webcam. But I want to take the screenshot for the uh, thumbnail, if I may now, just before uh, that happens. So you feel free to hold up a couple of beers. I'm going to have to get the roos in my hands, mate. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Hey, you Team you know roos. Team oh, roos. Don't worry about lactose. It's all about rooses now, guys. Okay, you ready? Yes, Oh, that's stunning. <laughs> I'm sending it to, to Olio. Oh, that's gorgeous. Perfect. Um, thank you, guys. Um, yeah, no, the, you're right. There definitely is, uh, like, can be an interesting sort of hit and miss uh, with this stuff. But this, this sits kind of nicely. The 7.8, it's not over the top. Um, on the higher end for a porter. What what makes it... What brings it to the to the higher end? Was it just the grain bill, or was it the addition of like the additional uh, you know, sugars from the fruits? There's some uh, contribution from the raspberry, but uh, the, the the grain bill itself is uh, a bit bigger yeah, than yeah. this one. So uh, yeah, why why is that? Why did you decide to beef this bad boy up a bit? Ah, good question. And uh, the first, like we we spoke about the. Um, coffee beer we made uh, with Jason um, the first edition of the Porter Farm was, was the same base beer that we split into and um, so we tried that with the raspberries we found out okay that's that's great and we that um, that uh, ABV for uh, for this beer uh, and it's, it's, it's but more complicated than, than that. It was working, so we uh, we uh, we stuck with it. Uh, but it, it it could also work with a smaller beer, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like there's something like to be said. Like a lighter beer, you mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something to be said about this ABV, though. Like on the higher, I mean, it's not the high. Obviously, you can get bolted porters and, and those type of things that are barrel aged and they're pushing double figures and all that type of stuff. Um, but there's something, yeah. I feel like it's 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 a valuable. It was a smart choice, I think, to sort of ramp it up a bit and then balance out that ABV with the fruit because you give it a little bit more of a, of a not even about the body as much because you've already got mouthfeel and stuff like that like completely nailed, but more just there's a little bit more beef to it because of that ABV and that mm-hmm. fruit, and it feels like an. With just a nice dessert beer. I was talking, we had a podcast last night with a brewery in Vermont, and I was talking to them about matching. They, they have a kitchen, and they were talking about matching the, 
in a blackberry rhubarb wheat ale and they mat, they pair that with a blackberry rhubarb pie. And I thought, I was like, oh, I mean, on paper that sounds great, but I think with desserts you're supposed to pair something different. And this would be a great dessert beer because it's not overly sweet. It's got the sweetness to it, but you could have something that's like hella sweet in a dessert way and then complement it with this mm-hmm. that has a, a bit of that same those same elements, but it's not this sugar bomb that maybe a pastry or something would be. Like a pastry would need to be with something, a pastry stout would need to be consumed with some sort of more subtle, less sugary dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I think you've, you've delivered like a really interesting uh, um, product with this in that ABV range. I think that was the move. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I see a uh, I see a chocolate fondant with, with this beer. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of craving one now. <laughs> Uber Eats, do they deliver to Sheffield, yeah. Quebec? Not sure. I'm not no. sure I'm gonna get one here though. Well, you need to start. Hey, but, there's a business opportunity. Sorry, go. No, no. I was just gonna say, but like again, I feel like you're kind of dancing that line between touching on the almost too not not too dry or too tannic but it's like it's like dancing that that line like the same with the porters you're the the mouthfeel on this isn't huge and it's pretty dry and there's acidity but it's not like sour and it's not astringent but there is like a subtle tannic bitterness to it all this to say, it has a very red wine like quality to it that's kind of unique, which I can appreciate. Yeah, I think I see what you mean now. Yeah, now that I'm now that I'm drinking it and really tasting it, I yeah, I get what you mean. That that um, the timing. I'm, I'm I'm you know by 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 nature I'm absolutely not a dark beer uh, drinker at all. Okay. But every now and then. When I have to, I I drink it, and uh, and so yes, I see what yeah. you mean. It's it's uh. yeah, this is this is gorgeous. Uh, ben, why I was actually saying your porter is one of the best like OG porters in Quebec. He hasn't had this one, the raspberry one, but he's confident it's the bomb, sir. I can confirm this shit is great. Oh, good old Benoit. I love Benoit. What a champion. Yeah, like that's uh, this. This is just a really great addition to that. I just feel like you have such an interesting, rounded portfolio of, of products, and it's super cool because it's not only do you have a, a great round, like you could convince even the most you know people like me who don't particularly like the fennels and stuff, and you could your beer to tub is fantastic, and I imagine you probably do a grisette, and the, I think I've had your saison too, which was solid. So like you can, you've got we had the saison I think yeah, yeah I've had the saison for sure but I, I imagine you know what I'm saying like I feel like you've got this whole rounded thing and on top of all of that on top of just the, the stylistic variety you've got the fact that you've got local organic and you grow most of the stuff yourself I mean that's like such a you know, you're ticking so many boxes in what you guys do and something that we haven't talked about yet you're sitting on your your beautiful like beer garden. Um, that people can now legally come to because terraces are open. Yeah. Um, we should definitely talk about that because that seems like quite the experience to be able to come to the farm. You know, right behind you there is obviously the retail store and, and you know, you've got... T- tell us about the terrace. And I think you call it... Is it a beer garden or terrace? I'm probably going to be Well, uh, 
don't know, potato, potato, you know, <laughs> dress in English and French, I suppose, beer garden, uh, it's, it's, it's the English version of... Um, of the German word, which uh, which is where I think it originated, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, where, where it originated from. Um, unfortunately, it's very dark now, so you can't see much. But um, yeah, we're basically sitting on a you know on a south facing uh, hill, Koto. Uh, Not sure what a Koto is in, uh, but basically, yeah, like you know, it's like a slope, okay. and. Um, and and so we're facing uh, uh, Mount Shefford, uh, essentially. So, you know, there's a bit of a valley, like you know, down the down the hill. So you have like a fantastic view. We have uh, all these uh, picnic tables uh, that are laid out on the uh, on the beer garden. Um, what you see behind us is um, is a container. Really, it's a container uh, that that you know with. Uh, uh, with doors that open uh, to to a bar with uh, taps, uh, and and so we put the um, uh, the fridge in there with uh, some you know some of the merch, and uh, so you come just to chill. Um, last year, uh, you know, with every week that passed, it, it was just getting bigger and bigger and and, and crazier. <laughs> By the end of um, by the end of the summer, we, we we figured that it was a good time to close down because because of COVID and everything was, um, you know, getting slightly out of control. But uh, but still, you know, all in good measure, if I can yeah. say. Um, and so now we have uh, different rules. It's only two per table, so it's it's more definitely more uh, controlled. You know, a, a bit more stringent in the sense that it's not as uh, um, easy going as it was uh, last summer, but uh, are we still there? Yeah, yeah, my camera died. Oh. And I had to just bring it back in. <laughs> Webcam time. So, um, yeah, okay, cool. So, it's, but so you're back yeah, in action now. Um, People can come by as of right now. But just yeah, two per table. We, um, yeah, we're we're all opened. Um, well, actually, we teamed up with the uh, Churras Barbecue. It's um, uh, two two Brazilian guys that, that that do Brazilian barbecue, so it's like absolutely delicious. Um, they came to our beer garden uh, twice last year for like our first anniversary, and then uh, the last so weekend uh, for yeah for uh, Thanksgiving, um, and you know it was. It was really a good time. Uh, the boat, uh, the both the times that they came, uh, so it was really fun. And to be able to open this year, we figured that we would uh, team up with them to, uh, you know, to to function as a you know as a quote unquote restaurant uh, in a restaurant mode, if I can say. So you know, they they are the kitchen, and well, we serve the alcohol. Um, so we teamed up with them for, well, for the whole summer, um, even though the rules are going to change, you know, it's still going to be there on, on, on weekends. Uh, but, um, as, uh, yeah, as the colors of uh, COVID evolve and as the rules evolve, uh, our terrace uh, is going to be opened, uh, more and more days and hopefully seven days a week. Uh, in July and August, uh, when, uh, you know, when everyone is on vacation and, uh, driving around and not taking planes to go elsewhere on vacation. So 
I feel that you know even if things do like open up in the the border you know borders I don't know how many people are really going to be rolling that dice just yet it seems like it's probably smarter I, I think it's going to be it's an interesting time because last summer there was like a whole bunch of like I don't know like is it going to open are we going to just finish is everything going to be cool I remember even last summer there was you know like we my, my partner and I are super COVID conservative we've been like basically just staying home and not doing shit and then last August we worked with the Quebec City tourism office they had no barely any cases like 1200 or 1400 or something so we went there and it was we that was the last time we drank at a establishment and we did like a vlog then we went to Gaspé I've never been to Gaspé Z before and um they had 200 cases in the whole region but they still wouldn't let two of us in the office at the hotel we stayed at to check in type of thing so they were very cautious even with no cases and so we took advantage because we're like, oh, this is the last time things are about to get real. And then things got <laughs> pretty real. But then now I'm like, all right, this is the first summer where we know, well, even if the border opens, do you really want to go to the States and go to Vermont again? I don't know. Probably not. So I think it's this summer where people are aware that there's a bit of, you know, we're going to be, you know, the provincial border to Ontario is still closed technically as of right now. So there might be more people who are looking to do more things locally when it's sort of safe. And I know here in Montreal, we're in the red zone, but patios are open, but indoor is not. And I think it's in a, like next week or something like that. It's, it might start again yeah. or it is starting again. So, you know, there, there, there definitely looks like there's going to be some, it seems like it's probably like fingers crossed. It's hopefully going to be safe and more and more people are going to be able to, you know, enjoy the the terraces this summer with maybe more you know uh expectation knowing that maybe the travel big travel isn't really on the card so they're going to want to do things locally support local and this whole situation this last year is really it hasn't really shown us all that like local how important supporting local is like it you know particularly business like you guys people we need to make sure that you're, you're here when all this nonsense ends so I feel like people have really made sure to support. I, I'd actually be curious. We didn't really touch on it for two hours, which is pretty dope because um, it's kind of boring to talk about. But given the circumstances, we probably should briefly touch on it. Like how have you guys needed to pivot at all during all of this time? And how have people, how was the community been with you guys? So, yeah, you know, the only big move, Actually, two big moves that we made um, because of uh, COVID is, um, as I said, we was opening up the beer garden sooner rather than later, just so that we could have people come and meet us if we were not able to go out there and have tastings at you know different retailers. It was one thing, and the other thing is um, we uh, we purchased more equipment. We had a deal on on on, on additional fermenters. And uh, so we were able to secure uh, financing for that. And we figured that, well, you know, this was as good as, a, you know, as good a time as ever to, um, to, uh, to increase the capacity to where we want to be, um, even though we were not necessarily planning on, on using the, you know, the fermenters or anything like that away. Um, we we decided that well you know it's 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 well we thought it was going to slow down but then it didn't really slow down at least not for the beer industry for sure no. uh, but yeah we just 
we went for the long run. We went for yeah. the, the long term and we said uh, it, it took longer than we um, anticipated. But, uh, but but the decision were made for the upcoming years, not the uh, upcoming month. So it uh, wasn't so so tough uh, to, to go through. We have... Um, we have the beer garden, but most of our sales are done by uh, so uh, and this part uh, was still uh, holding together. So uh, was uh, yeah, but at the same time, having the beer garden, I have to say, um, you know, we we obviously making beers, you know, making um, beers from local ingredients. Uh, we we wanted to be this local. Um, I mean, you know, we're not a pub, obviously, we, we, we uh, you know, we're not a bar, uh, but we wanted to, well, at least I wanted that, <laughs> I'm not sure Jonathan had that in mind necessarily, but, you know, I wanted to have this, uh, you know, to be this little hub for, um, you know, for the Shefford community, for, well, even people from Granby or from Beaumont, who's not too far from here, uh, or whatever that matter, um, you know, I wanted to be this little place where you can come and 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 sit down and chill and chit chat, um, you know, either with you know your friend, your partner, or with you know just some some neighbors or your group of friends. Um, so so that's really what I had in mind. Uh, you know, I did not think that we would be big with people from the city or people from you know far you know far from. Uh, Hold on, I'm getting tired. Um, from from farther, you know, in in, um, in the province, I I, I really had the. Uh, it's that eight percent. It's the seven point eight percent porter. It starts to get you. I forget words. Reasonable amount of <laughs> No, the irrational, irrational <laughs> volume of raspberries, <laughs> and the sugar is going to Mara's head. And we've all been there because I can't remember words like 80% of the time. Please continue. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> so, so, yeah, all that to say that um, when we opened the beer garden, you know, we started having people, uh, you know, come over. And, um, and so week after week, we started seeing some regular faces, you know, just coming back week after week. And, uh, and so by the end of the summer, I was like, okay, this really worked I don't know what the percentage is. Is it 20? Is it 30? Is it 50%? I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sure, but like a good percentage of the people that came to the beer garden uh, throughout, you know, the two, three months that we were actually open last summer um, were people from, uh, from here, from, you know, like local, uh, locals from Shefford, from Beaumont, from, so that was, you know, to me, my biggest satisfaction, you know, knowing that, we opened this little place that was cool enough and, and fun enough and zen enough for people to want to come back week after week for, you know, a drink, a night. Um, so, you know, the, the local response was really good uh, for us. And and so for, for um, well, I'm not going to say most of them, but like a good number of them, they came back throughout the winter for you know, to buy some bottles because uh, we had this like tiny little like boutique that we, you know, decided to open inside the, um, you know, inside the brewery just to keep contact with, uh, you know, with, with, with our customers, with the people that, um, you know, local people that like our beers and that want to continue to, uh, you know, keep that contact with us. So, 
um, yeah, so yes, you know, the response was was really good. And at the same time, we had like a whole bunch of people from, you know, from from elsewhere in the province and a lot of uh, people from Montreal who just wanted to go out, go, you know, into the open space and not be stuck in, 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 in the city during uh, during COVID time. So for sure. Yeah, but that was for sure uh, motivation. Uh, when you see that and uh, you see the people that come and like the place, uh, I mean, you get up out of bed in the morning and you work hard and you know what you're you're doing it for, and yeah. that's uh, that's uh, I mean that's the best reward. Yeah, a big big yeah. satisfaction yeah. there for us for Absolutely. sure. I love that. And to echo that, Ben Wise is saying he said, "Yeah, local shops and artisans are the most important relations going forward." Um, less than 10 kilometer radius customers are your core and you expand as you go from there and i feel Absolutely. like a, a lot of people particularly maybe outside the, i mean maybe even within the city i feel like that's actually a pretty good point and, and it's kind of like that's what the, the the customer base have sort of done they're like all right well what's down the street for me and then what's okay well i can't get that then what's the next you know and you keep going within that local radius And then it becomes like, okay, well, what else can I get in Quebec? And then they'll come out and see you guys. And I might go buy some cheese locally. And I know Granby has an amazing um, absintherie. We went there one time. It was amazing. They make the blue, mm -hmm. the blue gin and all that shit, which is super dope. Just like this young dude doing this crazy stuff. And, you know, you can go from there. Then, you know, so it sort of like expands. I think one of the, one of the wonderful things I really enjoy about Quebec is that passion for local I think people people in Quebec yep. are some of the most loyal um, uh, clientele that I've ever you know seen. Being coming, I mean, I've been here like nine years, but you know, even just coming from an outsider's ish perspective, like I just feel like and, and say even traveling for beer, everyone in beer really loves their local market, which is super dope, and that's why beer craft beer exists. But I feel like there's this extra passion in Quebec. For, for all things local and it's, it's a really wonderful thing and it's really like why a lot of people come here and why a lot of people here are so proud there's just so much you what can't you get here everything's awesome like you know it's, it's super cool yeah yeah and it, um, you know I don't know if, if, if it was inspired by um, or, or it just happened to be the same but uh, I, I noticed that's um, that's as a you'll in uh, Vermont or even New York, you know, that, that very cool. strong sense of, uh, of, you know, local source ingredients, uh, local shops, uh, local community. Um, yeah, we're, we're lucky enough to have that here uh, in Quebec as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely agree with Vermont. Like you go to the restaurants there and they'll have like the, the beef was sourced by this farm five kilometers down yeah. the road. They could tell you the name of the cow or whatever the hell that you're eating. Like, Vermont is a, yeah, very similar. Like, I feel like we should just eradicate that border and just absolve Vermont into Quebec. <laughs> I feel like they're more like us than they are like America. I love you Americans, but like, I feel like Vermont people are like Canadians. They're the most Canadian Americans. I feel like we could just yeah, figure that out a little bit. Anyway, well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, Is there anything else we want to touch on? I feel like we're coming up on two and a half hours here. I feel like we've uh, we've gone through a lot of the stuff here. Was there anything else we want to make sure we got to this evening? 
think we're good for tonight. But uh, <laughs> we've talked a lot. <laughs> yes. But we can do it again uh, yeah. sometime, and then we will find something else. <laughs> right? It's always the way. Um, I would so, love to come see you guys. And, yeah. Uh, I'm just craving. I'm craving coming out to to the townships and just taking in the all of it. I love it. I love going to Dunham. I love going to Sutton good friends with Pat and I love what he does there. And I haven't been out a year and a half, at least two years. I would love well, to you're see most you guys. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to do a, uh, I want to get a cup. My, my partner, Tiffany hurt. She's our producer for the podcast, but her, her birthday's in mid July. So we are idiots and are trying to book that now, which is like good luck. But we're just trying to get away, like to do like just something for, like a cottage where I don't even care where it is, just somewhere in Quebec for like a week and just be able to chill and then be able to cook. Like the aim, from what I can tell, within a couple of hours. And you guys are in the Laurentian, so I guess it's it's not too far. So I'm I'm really hoping to do that this summer as well. Just have a change of I don't know, change of scenery for a little bit, and like exactly like Absolutely. the way way you just guys just described it, just to sort of breathe some air and get out of the city for a little bit and. And just uh, see it's it. very know, chill. Yeah, like I, I know you were so kind to invite us out there uh, for this tonight, Mara, which was super dope. And as much as I would have loved to do it, like, like yeah, it wasn't able to happen. But like, you know, doing just even just visiting breweries, it's even just weird to think about visiting breweries again. It's been so long. I haven't been to a brewery in Montreal since February, probably last year. Last year, not this year. Last year. And, you know, aside from the Quebec City and Gaspé stuff, when everything was kind of open in August, but that was about it. Like, it's, it's just, it's be, it all feels so foreign at this point, which is kind of unfortunate, really, right? That, like, this is what we all, even you know, I know you don't get out as much as I do and stuff. You have a lot, you know, you have family and stuff. But, like, even you, yeah. like, I would catch you at beer festivals and different things. Even sometimes I'd meet you after work and we'd go for, you know, no, yeah. work downtown. I'm here in Milan, so we would go and meet and, whatever, sometimes we grab a drink or something and, you know, we don't get to do that stuff anymore. So I feel like it's all, we're also like um, just being pulled away from, from that whole culture of, of partially why we got into all this stuff in the first place. Breweries so, are still out there. You don't have are. to come out. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Now that things seem like it's getting to a place where it's all good and you know the terraces are open here i was walking outside today and there were people eating at restaurants and stuff and i haven't seen that that was weird even just seeing people eat at restaurant like what are you doing why are you there like it's uh you know it, it, it yeah. was interesting slowly but surely you know everything seems safe and cool and chill so you know hopefully that continues and we can finally just move back to where we were but um yeah, like hopefully we both can get out to, to visit you guys this summer, which is I would absolutely love that. But two two persons per table, me and you, buddy. Me and you. <laughs> With a mask on. Yeah. That's not even beard, social social distancing doesn't count for beards. <laughs> We're a couple anyway, so we don't really have to That's true. It doesn't even count. It doesn't even count. If, if we if we so make love on the weekends, we don't need to worry about uh, about the uh, the distancing. Then that's a great point. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. Um, no, guys, this was awesome, man. I really, I, I'm really glad to finally actually you know, see your faces and 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 talk to you guys. I feel like we've we've connected for a few years now, and 
um, you know, been sort of Noah and I both been enjoying what you're doing from afar and, and to actually hear the stories from both your mouth. It's always like, this is why these podcasts are so cool because we get to actually hear the stories from the people behind it. And I think that's just so wonderful to, you know, really see the motivations for it and to drink the beers and hear you describe it and know that we're all team Bruce. And it's, it's, uh, that's no, a beautiful thing. I really appreciate all of your time, man. This has been super, super cool. Even Ben Wise, like thanks La Firm for the beer you are producing. Follow what you love. The beer is fire. And that's it. And Beer and Abozo was awesome indeed. So I feel like you guys have definitely made a uh, made an impact on, on the uh, the people out here. Um, where can everybody find Brasserie La Firm online? Wow, we have over 200 uh, uh, points of sales. Um, yeah, just... Um, Most specialized uh, dependers. Uh, you can go online on our website. We have uh, a list of uh, retailers. Um, Fantastic. So it's not 100% up to date, but uh, most of them are there. So that, that would be the best uh, starting point. And, you know, we, we, um, we distribute ourselves. Oh, that's you, Craig. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on mute. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we distribute ourselves between uh, Sherbrooke and Montreal, you know, on, on, on the on Highway 10. That that's that's our axis really between Sherbrooke and Montreal. That's you know where we uh, where we distribute. Uh, we also have points of sale elsewhere um, that, that are distributed by uh, Bucky uh, Bucky Distribution. Um, and um, so yeah, you know a lot of uh, well, pretty much all, all, uh, all uh, Quebec City, Centre um, in Saguenay. We have a few spots in um, all of the specialized. Dependers for mm-hmm. sure, and uh, you know some some super uh, markets, uh, but those that have a decent uh, beer section, um, and uh, yeah, we're 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 out there. If not at the brewery, of course. Of course. And what about on on social media and things like that? Can people find you? We have Facebook, we have Instagram, and um, that's about it. I mean, we also have a website, of course, but uh, yeah, not. uh, (laughs) Yeah, we, you know, we try to keep the 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 website current, but uh, it's it's um, yeah, it's just so much uh, so much more work uh, with everything else. But uh, but I do post regularly on Instagram. And on Facebook, uh, showing either the hops how they're growing, or uh, the the the, um, the rye, or whatever other cereal is in is in the field. So, yeah, we're there. I love it. And uh, Uncle Noah, where can everyone find you online, my friend? Um, Uncle Noah is available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at uh, beersum.ca the website and um, on Instagram it's beersum.ca as well for some reason and on Facebook I'm beersum where can we find you Craig? that's a wonderful question um, thank you for that that easy like handball right there as we say in Straya um, both of you I'll stick around I'm going to wrap this up stick around afterwards and we'll, we'll say goodbye properly um, but yes you can find me at CWFOR on Instagram and Twitter this is the wrong podcast to say that on uh, guys thank you so- I- <laughs>
I do multiple podcasts. I am I'm always confused. Um, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the app, you can follow me there too. I'm there, but like you don't give a fuck because it's not a talking about beer. Um, uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the long form audio. So you can hear attractive individuals like Noah, Jonathan, and Myra talking about craft beer. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you guys then. Peace.